Hello, and welcome back to We Heart Hartnett, the podcast dedicated to exploring the filmography of Josh Hartnett, movie by movie. I'm Patrick Willems. I'm Jake Torpy. Matt Torpy. Hello. Welcome to the best podcast in the world, and it's Josh Hartnett again. Sorry, not sorry, but... (laughs) (laughs) So here's what I'm wondering. Uh, Do you think the people who did not listen to We Heart Hartnett, when that was like the main podcast... And are subscribed <laughs> to, to like, Keanu. What the fuck is going on? Yeah, I mean, look, <laughs> we made it very. This? <laughs> they know by now. They obviously are aware of it's a whole other guy <laughs> of the the Hartnett podcast. But do you think they're just not listening to these episodes? Or oh, or what's the, the deal? There's a Venn diagram out there of true fans of this podcast that are both Keanu heads and what do we call them? Hard heads, obviously. For Hard heads. What do we call our Keanu fans again? Keanosaurs. Yeah. yeah. And wait, wait, have we ever said that, or did you just make it up right now? I think we said that one other time. I think time. we said it one other time, but we never formally established That's that, it, that was the name. And uh, there is a Venn diagram of people that cross over, but but also equally likely are people that are like, why is there now two episodes? No, in the nature of Josh Hartnett, in the nature of a Venn diagram, we have lost more than we've <laughs> retained. So we've just lost, actually. <laughs> yeah, we're we maybe out. have gained like a couple people who are like, what? Okay. All Maybe right. I will. Hey, here's another man who seems like he's surviving his 40s pretty well. And oh, I, I, I will say, I'm actually looking right now at the the numbers for uh, the She's Missing episode. <laughs> okay. And they're not far off from Babes in Toyland, which so is the previous just, one. We're just popping the hood on this fucker. So, so basically, any people. extremely obscure Josh Hartnett movie can draw in similar numbers to a <laughs> equally obscure Keanu Reeves movie. Well, uh, that's it, because... Again, got that core a lot of, like a lot yeah. of a lot of people listening <laughs> to this podcast me. have not seen all the movies and just listened to the episodes in general. But of course, I'm looking through here and like unsurprisingly, the Speed episode has a lot more listens than like the episode for A Walk in the Clouds. <laughs> right? Yeah, I would. But un- this is information you didn't even so. need yeah, stats to intuit. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's just sort of how people are. Right, exactly. Anyway, we're back with another episode of We Heart Hartnet, and it is wild that suddenly there is this like, like, like mass. What is what is the word that I'm looking for? Just just like Inse- yeah, uh, synchronicity. But no. like suddenly, just like like Josh is just dropping movies. We just got like a double jab from Josh. Like a if, double jab was, from if Josh. we could use a boxing analogy to to borrow from a, a Josh Hartnet film like Resurrecting the Champ. Is that there's nice. a one-two double jab here? We got yeah. The first and, one was uh, incredibly weak, only to feign for the second one that kind of missed. But, <laughs> but, but did land? It? Yeah, there was more power to the punch. Right. But yeah. the, you could tell that the uh, you could tell that the uh, tactic being used was one that was supposed to TKO you. And you know what, Josh? He's he's a low key guy. He's not one to he's not trying to come out of the bag here with like an immediate you know uppercut KO. He's we're, he's warming us up. We got a little she's missing. We got taste. Josh was in it right at the Josh end. Josh isn't for, really throwing haymakers these basically days. Basically a glorified cameo. And now we're warming up. Okay, what do we got next? Inherit the Viper. Ooh, mm-hmm. all right. It's, Clunk- a be- it's better. It's better. It's definitely better. I Let's mean, see what else is going guys, on. It's, we're we're, we're getting into this movie way faster than we usually he's do. He's teasing us into, the, into his uh, <laughs> second coming. I, I do want to say... Ready. <laughs> of course, bothered. an important thing about this era, like, shall we just say uh, late period Josh? Although yeah. it's weird to say because he's really just in like the middle of his Current career. Josh. Yeah. But yeah, the past maybe decade of Josh. Now Josh. Is that so many of his movies are like small indie productions not being released by major studios right that are often like mostly like straight to vod or streaming mm-hmm. and they often kind of float around with like 
vague, like uh, just like unsure release dates. Yeah. And, uh, you know, maybe they, they were made two years ago, but we don't know when they'll come out. Right. Uh, you know, you, you look at some of his upcoming movies and they've been in the works for a while. We've known it. We've talked about them for a long time, but yes, we, we don't have. know when they're actually going to come out. And so it's just like by chance that these two dropped so closely together. This is interesting, Dude. though, because they feel of a piece and they definitely fall in line with the kind of thing Josh has attached himself to recently. And for reasons that I think are genuinely very noble and good. One of the things was that I, I believe, aside from him, I read some Vice interview with him talking about his motivations for doing this and like how he deals with having been the teen heartthrob kind of dude from the, the Vice past. interview. He had a recent Vice interview about Inherit the Viper. This wasn't the Variety interview, was it? That the the big the Variety. Vice, I mean, uh, name is whatever. Because so v many people tweeted this at us. There was a big yeah. interview with him in Variety where uh, oh probably the, that. Uh, and and we tweeted it out yeah, from it's on the, the account. Twitter. The okay. the headline is just in huge text. Whatever happened to Josh Hartnett? No, yeah. it's not that one. No, it's Vice. Okay, it's him talking strictly about inherit the Viper. Um, Vice loves drugs. They love covering cool oh, yeah, crime yeah. drug shit. We and just he, talk about the codeine industry. Hey, the opioid crisis. Yeah, which you know I would love to talk about that more. Sure, as the, as the episode goes on, because it's it is like one of the like most interesting aspects of the just sort of around the movie and you're the opioid addict of the podcast so it That's makes true. sense so you to give us just a first-hand account of what it's like to be on opiates <laughs> i mean you guys are joking but it's just like every other episode though I don't that know. you're on opiates <laughs> okay well, well you, you know okay whatever listeners were joking um yeah this movie was hilarious. Me and Matt. Okay, it's only showing you in know, one theater. You know, guys, we have to talk about the most important thing. What? Mm. We saw a Josh Hartnett movie <laughs> oh, yeah. in theater. Okay, we saw it in theaters. You're right. This <laughs> is huge. I mean, look, this huge. is the this is the second Josh film I've ever seen in theaters, and the first one since 2005. What? What was the last movie you saw? Sin City. Damn, dude. Yeah. I where he's in and two he's scenes. Not, yeah, he's not in that movie. Damn, dude. this was enormous because that's the thing. Like we, <laughs> he's the main character. We can, he is. We yeah. considered seeing O Lucy in theaters, but that was that was in theaters right around the beginning of We Heart Heart in It, and yeah. so we were like, it makes sense to to wait to watch it until we get there. Yeah, and so this is it. Like. All of this time, we haven't seen any of these movies in theaters. No, this and was it's been a huge gap. Look, yeah. right here, I'm taking it out of my pocket. It's his penis. It <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Oh. Oh, just whipping it out <laughs> what, what, on pot on Flump, audio, dropping it on the table. <laughs> um, no, I have in my hand a ticket for a Josh Hartnett movie, and I, I gotta say, it felt good. It, did it felt feel good, good to go to a theater, say one for Inherit the Viper, please. Yeah, and then walk Not down into the, the bowels of this theater, like two yeah. floors down. Oh yeah, to see this movie and support, like actually support our boy. What is it? The Cinema Village East or something? It, it is okay. Originally, I I thought. It was City Cinema's Village East. Right. <laughs> right. It is not that theater. That's on, I think, Second Ave. This is just Cinema Village. Cinema Village. On 12th Street. Yeah. Uh, between 5th Ave and... Six. A couple blocks from the Strand. You can under find Union it. Square. You all have the yeah, internet. Yeah, it's near Union Square. Yeah. But uh, a See, theater... only theater. <laughs> I, a theater I'd never been to. A theater showing a bunch of small little indie movies I'd never heard of. Yeah. And then Joker. 
Hey, so you know, so you <laughs> because, know what? because that that Joker, he's he just he took over the city. Yeah, yeah. His, I, his his wave of madness was just inescapable. You can't I didn't get away see that movie them. for fear of yes going insane. Exactly, but, and, and you know, apparently, I haven't read them, but uh, the Oscar nominations came out this morning, and I've heard. That the Joker has the most nominations of any. You know movie. how I heard it was how I hear so the, much shit damn, all right. about that kind of th- like dumb cultural stuff that I don't also pay attention to. Yeah, but like the la- the lacuna around the subject created like the outline of it created by all the conversations you're like hearing secondhand. You know. Right, like that bizarre way social media allows us to know what the cultural conversation is by n- without having to like almost directly engage with like the issue at hand. It's just people reacting in a massive sudden burst on all social media. And you're like, I guess I can sort of reverse engineer what everyone's pissed about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just based on only seeing reactions to something, not the thing itself. It's a bizarre thing because or, I never, cause like I also, it also satisfies my curiosity about why everyone's in such a fear. But like I, uh, I, I find myself more and more, knowing information that indirect kind of way which is i feel like a weird thing yeah right you know yeah and the joker conversation was you know we all know what the joker conversation oh, was like I mean, the, the thing is as like jake you haven't seen it either right no i haven't seen it i wanted to go see it and then um <laughs> and then i didn't go see it i just didn't <laughs> what i just a, didn't what, what a story jake what a good story, story. <laughs> that's w- so good for you to have told us <laughs> <laughs> i mean i will say i think it's kind of funny <laughs> how the the I guess the the conversation around the Joker has shifted because right. people were all afraid of the movie beforehand. They're like, "Oh no, <laughs> is this thing gonna like? Is it gonna appeal so much to like these like deranged, angry young white males? Is it gonna, gonna like cause violence okay, and stuff like that?" Okay, but before that conversation, even people were afraid of it just because they were like, "No, not so soon on the heels of fucking Jared Leto Everyone's and his favorite. performance." <laughs> And it's just like, let's no, just no, no. take Jake, a rest from the Joker. Let's let the aftershock of that earthquake really yeah. like <laughs> you know, stop. You know who was the most upset? Jared Leto. Is Did, he, was he we, bummed out that people, people like were making him? fun of him online he, and he was like, shut up. <laughs> there was an article Honestly, about, uh, I think in like the Hollywood positive. Reporter, about he, how he like was pissed and tried to get Warner Brothers to stop this movie because he felt insulted because he originally, there, there was apparently a solo Joker movie with him in development. <laughs> and then obviously, since no, no one liked his performance or that yeah. movie, uh, that didn't happen. Yo. So now, anyway, I think that's very Did funny. You guys, so like, he's pretty butthurt but, about but, his performance But look, Joker. you guys see the Morbius trailer? He, <laughs> today he's doing fine. <laughs> Morbius. Everyone's favorite Spider-Man villain, Morbius. The living <laughs> oh, vampire. Fucking Jesus Christ. It just sounds like Mobius and Mordecai fused. Yeah. <laughs> you know what the, <laughs> you know what the funniest thing? Did you guys uh, see that he like launched a YouTube channel? Jared Leto? Yeah. No, Great. I did not. But it's like, oh my fucking what God. What is it? What's in it? It's like him Looking and he's just, right now. and he's just, it's just like a faux almost like, it's just Jared Leto and he's like, the world. <laughs> What's happening? Go on. <laughs> just like this idiot. He's Go just on, like, Jared. Technology is really progressing at a rate that the human mind is having a hard time coming to grips with. Now, we're under a surveillance state, and I have with. And he talks. He talks to Edward Snowden in one of them, and he's no. like, "Edward, some call you a patriot. <gasps> there some it is. call you a traitor." <laughs> and like Edward Snowden's like, 
That's right, Jared. That's right, Jared. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, here. I'm just chilling in yeah. Russia. And uh, it reminds me of a day on set of, this, of the film Mr. Nobody. It's just like this, these dumb like oh B-roll footage God. of like... Uh, this looks so dumb. Like time-lapse, like satellite dishes turning and like... like the, the traffic going fast, so it looks like circuit circuitry and all this kind of shit. It's it's, in, it's just like insanity at work. It's, 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 well, it's it's, it's the, different, it's, but it reminds me a little bit of Matthew McConaughey coming onto Instagram. But Matthew McConaughey has like this chill stoner vibe, whereas like Jared Leto seems like someone who thinks maybe he can figure out a way to never die. Right, yeah. but yeah, also all true. every one of his videos, except for. The video that he published today, which is the Morbius teaser trailer, of course. Oh yeah, um, they're all like really Morbius. high production value videos where he's like having conversations with like pioneers in technology and right. uh, and and stuff like that. You know, the, his, his nobody can just be satisfied. His first, okay. The first video that he uploaded is called The State of Human Existence with Deepak Chopra and Jared okay. Leto. Okay. That is the first video <laughs> he published. <laughs> the State of Existence with Deepak Chopra and and the frontman of 30 Seconds to Mars. Yeah. Oh my god. That's the thing. It's uh and and it all looks very serious. It, it, they all yeah, I mean, that's maybe the most L.A. thing I've ever heard of, it's, too. It's very L.A. Ever, what is it? L.A., everyone has to talk to Deepak Chopra at least one time in Honestly, LA. Oh, yeah. it's making me lose respect for Deepak Chopra, who I honestly don't you even know. You had respect? Well, here's the thing. I just didn't know that much about him, and my lack of knowledge about him just made me assume he was sort <laughs> of a generally wise guy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But then yeah. he just seems to feature now in, like you said, so many, like, Actors, you know, pet projects, their YouTube channels. He's and stuff. basically the that guru dude. Like, like, there's so many of those dudes are essentially that guy from uh, from uh, Silicon Valley, the show Silicon Valley, like that weird, like just sycophantic, yeah, guru guy that like gives bullshit advice to Gavin the whole time, or just gives advice that can be taken. So it's it's like um, it's so like it's, uh, Peter Sellers and being there, just advice that's so basic <laughs> yeah, that yeah. like it's impossible not to be able to interpret so, it into something semi-profound. Wait, wait, but, like they're essentially saying nothing. Guys, I have a yeah. great idea. Yeah. <laughs> can we start? Yeah. Can we somehow create a fictional like guru or some or some sort of fake person yeah. that Jared Leto will then like hire and pay to just talk to and give him advice about the world? Maybe if I grow my beard out more, can we create a Rasputin to Jared Leto's uh, whatever? Rasputin had a huge penis. <laughs> so, all right, step one. Step one. We me, obviously. <laughs> <Step> one. <laughs> no me. Well, we're talking guys, about the opioid crisis. Do you remember <laughs> the sound it made when I dropped my penis on the table a minute ago? It was thwomp, I believe. It, there was uh, a thwomp. 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 Oh, damn, that's even girthier. But mine exactly. does go clonk. And uh, mine goes <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I woke okay, up wait. The town. Wait, can I rewind this back? <laughs> Jake's wife is is really enjoying our conversation from yes. the back end. Okay, yeah, the it's one, officially what always happens when three white men start talking after a while. Yeah, the one thing Weeder I want to talk. I, okay, rewinding to just Joker talk. <laughs> yeah, sorry, oh, Joker. Joker yeah. Talk. Before we went on this Jared Leto tangent, the one thing I wanted to say about trust me, I'm going to cycle it all back. Let's okay. about what I think was in, funny about the Joker conversation is people were all worried about the movie, right, and that it was going to like 
actually like be damaging to society. <laughs> no. Nope. And then the oh movie my came, God. Then the movie so came out words. and it made an insane amount of money. Right. But is really so empty and has nothing to say and is not provocative of, at all that it didn't have any real impact other than tricking like some people with, you know, who haven't watched enough movies into right. thinking that they watched a profound movie. But uh, it, it really, it was not the incendiary film that they thought it would. But now the whole conversation around the Joker is it's just this year's Green Book. It's just... <laughs> wow, okay. Wow, so that's it's just water in bland. Yeah. Uh, and very middle Here's of the, the road. Thing. I, will, I don't think I said it on this podcast, but I, I was thinking it like way back because I was like, hey, remember how Peter Farrelly was like the goofy comedy director and then made like an Oscar bait movie and then like became a serious filmmaker? Academy and then Award Todd winner. Phillips, it seemed like was doing the same thing. Oops, yeah. here we are. It happened. But yeah, but this year, and now it's just the, the not very good movie that got nominated for too many Oscars. Huh. That's just what it is. It's not this dangerous movie it's just not very good it but had good early press i remember before it was released in the states obviously but there was its festival screenings and at stuff. the berlin like, film festival it won the gold lion yeah come on that's cool i remember when that happened i was like I, you know i i did the zigzagging with everybody else i was like nah don't do this movie it's gonna be stupid Ooh, everybody it's got, it just, won a oh, fancy yeah. german prize I was, I was just disgusted by like how much the media seemed to want want there to be violence like they was, were just like do not do it. And then and then I got like paranoid or or not paranoid, but I was just skeptical. I was like this feels intentionally like a part of the marketing. And like right. everyone's on a payout of this or somehow like is picks it up. You know what I mean? Like it suddenly felt very like social engineering to just make people think there was more weight to something that was fairly mediocre and having right. not seen it. But like right. <laughs> Again, the movie isn't very good, but it's like but now it's just this movie that Walking Phoenix is going to win like a Best Actor Oscar. It probably won't win anything else, and then it'll just be that movie that people will, like years now. People will just be like, "Oh yeah, that thing." Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Walking Phoenix finally won for that. That's do all you, it's going to be. Do you not even feel like his performance is that good? I don't. Okay, we're talking about Walking Phoenix. Yeah, just one him, of the best actors working today yeah. who has given so many great performances, truly spectacular performances in like the just the past decade alone. Yeah. This is, like, his worst work. Really? Okay. Yeah. I, I really think that things like... I mean, he rented, he's, only, he's working with the material that's there. Right. But stuff like... The, the character has this medical condition where he just, like, laughs uncontrollably and, like, can't stop. Mm -hmm. And every time that happened, I just, like, cringed. It just... It just... It felt really forced. It felt like adding a lot of aggressive ticks onto a character... And uh, that wasn't there on the page. Right. And then just, it, it feels like it's trying so hard. Ha ha. And, and <laughs> like I, that? yeah. And not that I think anyone <laughs> else could have really done something much better with it. Right. But, uh, but no, I mean, it's, it's gonna, when he wins, it's going to be sort of like Leo winning for the Revenant. Yeah. It's, it's just like, like, oh, he okay, really he got the most fucked up on camera. He got so congratulations. He was so physically ravaged that yeah. you know, just please give him right. Some. And seemed to have a bad time, and and also, and it's and it's so <laughs> far from being his best work. Yeah. When people talk about the great Leo DiCaprio performances, they're never going to talk about The Revenant. Hey, all yeah. that matter. Hey, listen. At the end of the day, it's who whoever takes home the hardware, baby. It's whoever sleeps in the belly of a horse in the freezing cold. Yeah. Exactly. But this is some. Oh, this is all a long way of saying. Me going to see this movie in theaters today. I thought I thought it was funny that. 
the Joker got all these Oscar nominations this morning. The woman the, it, ahead of me in line uh, at the movie theater was this woman who was like, I don't know, in her mid fifties. Yeah. She was going to see Joker. I was thinking like, I wonder if she probably lives in the neighborhood and yeah. I'm assuming it was just like, Hey, this movie got all these Oscar nominations. Maybe I'll check it out. Yeah. And instead I went up and said one for inherit the Viper, please. And the te- uh, teller gasped. Yeah. <gasps> Nobody's no, coming here for There years were three people in my the theater. I was yeah. the second person in and I arrived right on time. Nice. There were no trailers. There was like two there was like one or two commercials yeah. that played. Yeah. Pretty the movie sweet. started a minute after its scheduled time. So I got out of there early. Oh, it's and it's eighty minutes long. It's eighty minutes it's long. It's so well, crisp. Well, eighty six minutes long. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But yeah, right. but but it was and I almost tripped I'm walking sorry. into the actual theater because it was already dark and there was a step. <laughs> That yeah. I didn't see, right? And um, it smells kind of weird down there. Yeah, and definitely the, feels and like an old The seat that theater. I sat in, I uh, had like the back was kind of fucked up, <laughs> and it was like there was the thing poking into me, and so like twenty minutes into the movie, I, I switched to the seat next to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but all that said, it was exciting to go into a movie theater and pay money and sit down there and see our boy on the big screen. But I you agree. Two, you two, tell me about your experience. It was two, not a very big screen. It was like, it's like basically somebody's like private home uh, theater. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I will say, honestly, it was like a better screen. I, I think it was like in some ways a better theater than like the quad cinema or some or maybe some of the Angelica screens that are so narrow and cramped. I agree. It the wasn't Ange- that small. The Angelica is like if you get in the wrong theater, it's like watching a movie in a hallway. I fucking hate the Angelica. Sorry, you're watching a movie in a hallway that rumbles every 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No offense to the Angelica. Some of your yes. rooms are good. No, but no, the all, others all are terrible. meant to Angelica. I no, do yeah, not like just, that theater. The, like, I like... Uh, I like the lobby of the theater. I sure. like the movies they play at that theater. I just sure. saw Pain and Glory there last week. Yeah. Um, and sure enough, I had my classic experience watching Pain and Glory. I remember I had it watching The Farewell over the summer. Where at some point I think like, oh man, this is an interesting sound design choice to have this kind of like bassy <laughs> rumbling through the scene. And it gives an interesting vibe. And then it happens a second time and I'm like, oh, that's the subway. It's the train. Oh, it's an interesting thing to have um, a subway announcer talking over the dialogue <laughs> of this scene. Wow, what an interesting sound design choice. I, I like how universal this conversation is. And everyone who doesn't leave, live in New York can really relate to what we're talking about. Oh, yeah. About. But no, tell me about going to see the movie. Oh, it was great. We got the tickets. And we went in. Another great story from Jake. And, uh, <laughs> and I'm then, not done. Then we watched the movie and we were like, oh boy, that was fun. Then we I went home. done. And then... Uh, Oh God! Come <laughs> There's on. so much pressure. So we went down there. Uh, how many people were there? Three other people besides me and Matt. Yep. But when we first showed up, there was just one woman <laughs> sitting in there, yeah. and me and Matt involuntarily just burst into laughter, looking at her, which felt bad because it definitely seemed like we were laughing at, at this her. lady, which was not the case. We were just laughing that we knew that this was going to be an under-filled. We were laughing you know. at the totality of everything, which included her, but it wasn't <laughs> yeah, about yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. And then she, but she was a good sport, and she was like, well, welcome to my private theater. And we were like, ah, yeah, ha, ha, ha. And we were like, nice. Yeah, so we walked past her, and we sat down, and two, like another couple came in, but other than that, it was just us. I was curious Maybe. about this, because my theater, the two other people there, wait, sorry, also three other people there. Um, and no, they all, four. They sorry. all seems to be like, 65 year old men really no yeah. we had it was a woman and then a couple 
And then a younger guy came in and sat behind us. Yeah. All, the all diehard Josh fans. All, all diehard all, all Josh fans. heads there in the theater together. Yeah. I and, was kind of uh, excited to see the movie. I mean, like, not really. <laughs> I wasn't. <laughs> I lied. <laughs> <laughs> you were like, I can't believe to go see this dumb Josh Hart movie. <laughs> uh, I felt bad a little bit. Yeah. I, the thing is, like, I, hmm. I like the subject matter, and I was like, a little bit curious and I think like the first third of the film was more compelling than like any other po- point in the mo- in the movie well I mean you, you're jumping way ahead yeah. yes okay do, do, do you want to do this is just our theater experience I, well see I yeah. will say I wish we could have all seen it together that would have been fun um, I was on a plane back from Mexico when you guys were going to see it yeah mm-hmm. uh, guys next time Valley of the Gods yeah well so, so I was I was <laughs> Because, oh yeah! Because uh, this period of Josh's career is um, more missed than hit. Yeah. And we just watched She's Missing, which was I actually didn't say this on our She's Missing episode. That movie was so boring mm-hmm. that I actually halfway through just decided to get a head start on my taxes and start <laughs> working on my taxes while watching it. That's a great. Wow. Indicator that yes, that's the perfect and review for that. Film. To be clear, yeah. I still I, my taxes I still during. was I was really just like uh, sorting all the receipts for like all my like uh, like expenses throughout the year. Right. I save like all my receipts. Um, so I, I just I, I categorized and organized all my receipts for 2019 while watching She's Missing. That's how boring that movie. Honestly, was. good for you. Yeah, just, you're being uh, double productive. Adorm- uh, sometimes I put that off until. You know, like much later than I should. But uh, so I'm so thank you. She's missing. Um, <laughs> but after that, I was like yeah. nervous about this one. And then when Matt got home Saturday night, I was like, "How was the movie?" And he was like, "It's fine. It's okay." Yeah. And I was so relieved <laughs> to hear those words. So today I went in actually pretty excited because I'm like, "It's gonna be better than she's missing. It's gonna be okay. And, right. And, it's and gonna you know be what? okay." Uh, spoilers. It is. Yeah. It's yeah. Def- it is much better than she's Low missing. Low bar set, but. That and being incredibly said, incredibly low bar. Yeah, but yeah. Co- sorry, continue with your experience. Oh yeah. Well, I mean that that we was it as far as the immediate movie theater experience. Yeah, just sort of decent experience. Like what I for me the the it's not so much the direction of the movie or the cinematography, which they're not flawless, but. For me, the I think lowest a, I think point of the movie... it's a fairly well-directed movie. Yeah. For me, the lowest... The, the, the worst aspect of the movie is the writing. I think the script is very, very generic. Yeah. And the dialogue that people are required to give um, just turns everybody into kind of like drug dealer archetypes that you've seen in a million other movies that are trying to get out of the business. And- so we should say here... Um, the film is directed by Anthony Jurgen. I may yes. be mispronouncing that. I believe he is from a Scandinavian country. Right. Um, I'm. I, I looked this up earlier. I'm. Uh, uh, wait. I think I have it here. Uh, the he, writer is. Uh, Crab, I, okay. I, I can't Crab find. Wood. It's written by Andrew Crabtree. Crabtree. Yes. <laughs> uh, it, well, it's, it's actually it's the debut film of Anthony Jurgen. Isn't, uh, it, isn't it the debut of both screenwriter and director? It is, but they do not have a history of working together. Uh, yeah. Uh, and, and like, the cinematographer on it has shot a... Comes from a background of shooting some, like, some... A lot of music videos, but for, like, established, like, bigger-name artists. Right. And, um... The and cast that, is is very good. It's got a pretty, 
like a, yeah. a pretty legit cast. Actually, uh, that is that is that was like the thing that like first struck me was I thought that the casting for the movie was really fucking good. Yeah, like all the people of like it's kind of a nondescript. I think they're using Alabama as a stand in Did for they actually Ohio say or something like that. No, they, no, no. They, they it's set in the Ozarks. Okay, like like deliberately, they have that slight southern accent right um but that said i didn't uh it's is it shot in alabama i believe it's shot because i couldn't figure out i i I could tell it was like set in the ozarks but i could not i i was i was trying to find if they they were like saying the name of the town or state and i couldn't find that i think that i think they are supposed to be somewhere specific i don't know if maybe they kept it vague enough to be again like she's missing kind of a universal just run down town it's, but, if you want to take IMDb's little, you know, statement on the movie, it's just supposed to be generally set in Appalachia. Okay. All right. So okay. there you go. Yeah. Um, literally, it says here, it goes, a crime thriller about three siblings in Appalachia getting by as local opioid dealers trying not to get caught in the spiral of violence that comes with the territory. But I so mean, there you th- have th- it. this kind of stuff um, happens near us where we, we grew up as well. Like... Um, there's a lot of upstate New York and Western New York in particular, and then like yeah, New Hampshire, Vermont, Vermont, New Hampshire, all these places, mean. yeah, um, that have been hit super hard by like opiates and like that form of addiction. And so, I'm actually kind of familiar with the look of that and like people that live in those regions and stuff. And I especially think Boots, the like <laughs> the kid and his like look and like the dumb fucking like electric green car he drives around and his friend shitty friend and stuff Boots like it's played by owen teague yeah and just like that like sunken chested kind of like it's just, tough just I'm, try- I'm, thin. I'm i am dancing around the word white trash but like it's kind of like he he plays it really well where he's like yeah kind of like malnourished but wears huge clothes and like <laughs> yeah. uh it has it. It looks a bit more like it's the early aughts, but in a way that like the style right, shit right. is kind I of mean, like behind. Yeah, 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 for sure. It's set in not quite as as rural, but like it's a uh, like. Have you guys seen Winter's Bone? No, I've never mm-hmm. seen Winter's Bone. You know the movie that like launched Jennifer Lawrence's career. I, yeah, um, I know about it. It's yeah. a good movie, but uh, but that's also like set in the Ozarks and uh, a be- it's, it's in a more rural spot than this. So like it's. M- that, you know, people are poorer right. um, than in this movie. This movie's kind of set in like, you know, like a suburbanish small town. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, but that has kind of, and that's a better movie uh, and with a much stronger sense of place. Mm-hmm. And that re- also gets into like the, like uh, the, uh, families and, and, and like, like like crime families dealing with like meth mostly. Okay. Uh, in that part of the country, and um, and so this this in some ways is kind of like a less good Winter's Bone. <laughs> okay. Um, but with the new drug du jour, which is no longer meth. Yeah, but I should yeah. say, like, from the first like thirty seconds of this movie, I felt like. I, like I was in much better hands than she's missing. Oh, totally agree. The movie yeah. begins with a series of just 
of wide shots of places. Yeah. Uh, that like places that that crop up throughout the film. Um, but just each one pushing in slowly mm-hmm. as in just, just like entering this world and just showing us different, like different yeah. locations like around this world. alleyways and streets of the town that you're going to be. Exactly. You know, uh, you know the, the, the outside of, of pay less drugs. Yeah. Pay less and, drugs. And, and then we transition into, you hear yeah. the, these voices talking and then we transitioned into the scene in a bar, uh, where or one of our main characters, Josie Conley, yeah. Josh's sister, uh, played by Margarita. Uh, Levieva, who I want to talk about in a minute, okay. because I have this. Uh, she she's an actor. I did not recognize her. I did not know it was her until her name came up in the end credits. But I found I've found her kind of fascinating for a couple okay. of years now. Yeah, tell me. But I, I don't really know if I've recognized her in anything else. Here's the thing. She's in the you, Deuce. You've probably seen things she's in, and you often will not recognize her. Interesting. This is what's okay. very interesting about her. Uh, but yeah, then it transitions into this scene in a bar. And I, I think, yeah, Matt, as you said, the weakest part of the film is the screenplay, which is kind of generic Jake, in a right. lot Jake of ways. Oh, it's okay. Said. Our voices are indistinguishable. It's exactly. Uh, but yeah, that that's the weakest part of the movie. I think the directing, especially like the visual storytelling, is like surprisingly strong. It keeps you involved. Uh, it does, but just like the camera movements are very deliberate and mm-hmm. smooth. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's use of like um helicopter shots, you know, for like when when cars are traveling. I think like, give the sen- the movie a real like like propulsion. Like, yeah. like, like it uh, it's like the framings. I think are really striking. The lighting is really effective, using a lot of you know like like low like a low key source lighting. Mm-hmm. As using like practical lights in the scenes, like like the bars and, and like the mill where Josh's character works, I think it's like a well-made film. And like in terms of, it's not a movie that's gonna get a whole lot of attention. It is right. not like a great movie, but I do think as a showcase for director Anthony Jurgen, who, if you want to feel weird, was you know well, now we're getting into younger directors. He was born the same year as Matt. Ah, uh, and so young but like, man in the prime, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but as a, the as a showcase life. for his for him as a director, I think it's a pretty good showcase. Sure, for I think yeah. he knows what he's doing, and especially I was reading an interview with him. Like they shot it in eighteen days, Damn. and this feels like he had that whole thing storyboarded. This yeah. is a like a movie that that is like you know working with the script that they had. It's well told and well performed. I, I, I think. I mean, you look at scenes like that little shootout. That we'll 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 get to it, you know the, the one yeah. the, uh, the one in that clearing, like that's like a oh, there's actual like suspenseful scenes in the movie where yeah. that's like well executed, and I'm like, man, when talking about Josh's movies, haven't seen like a really uh, we, we've seen a lot of the listless, <laughs> uh, like quote unquote indie directing that yeah. I complain so much about. Yeah, yeah. And she's missing. At yeah. least eight or nine of those films. Right. For where, sure. where it's like, let's have handheld cameras and just shoot a lot of close ups and uh have no real momentum to anything. Yep. And you watch a movie like this and it's like, oh wow, someone directed this. Yeah. <laughs> they <laughs> so, made choices about every had shot. Interesting thoughts about what should <laughs> every shot was decided beforehand, you can tell. Yeah. So you know we should maybe just explain like what the the basic premise of the movie, like the plot is. Yeah, getting those opiates. Uh, because again not many listeners of this episode will probably have seen the film. Right. 
Catch it, it in in a th- in the one theater in New York City, like we did. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and if you're not in New York, it's probably not playing in your town. <laughs> yeah, that's well, the, sorry. Yeah, but anyone want to explain the basic sure. plot? Sure. Um, so it's it's essentially just follows these three siblings. Josh, our boy Josh Hartnett, plays Kip Riley. Um, Wait, no, he doesn't. Sorry, Wikipedia is wrong. They are the Conleys. They're, the They're Conleys, not the Rileys. Yes. Yeah, what the heck? Hey, Wikipedia, you threw me off. Wikipedia. Are these old names from like maybe an earlier draft Wikipedia. of the script? I bet you they change their names later. God damn it, Wikipedia. You need to update no, your article the, for Inherit the Viper. It's you know the Conleys. Why? It's the Conleys, you're right. Yeah, you yeah. know why I bet they changed it? Why? Because one of the characters is named Boots, and then he'd be Boots Riley. Ah, uh, that makes sense. Yeah, you can't be Boots <laughs> Riley now. Yeah, that's he so... also just directed, uh, sorry to bother you, <laughs> as well. That's so um, funny that they just be Boots Riley, and it's like, they're just like, the whole time, they're like, this is great. Yeah, that <laughs> name sounds so good to me. I don't know why. <laughs> it's just a cool sounding name. Fuck. Anyways, all right. Especially not- named after Boots from uh, Door the Explorer. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's all I could think about, honestly. Right. Um, who, you know, who's who's the more notable Boots here? It's definitely it's from the monkey. Dora. It's definitely from Dora. So yeah. we have the Conley family, and they are the local opioid um, dealers in this small town. This, I guess, unnamed small town in Appalachia. And Josh Hartnett is is the oldest brother. And then Margarita Levieva plays Josie, the middle sister. I, and then we have Boots, who is the youngest brother, who, when the movie opens, is not yet fully initiated into their drug dealing schemes. And they so, seem a little bit hesitant to, yeah, to bring him in. They're well, both they, aware that it's like a, you know, well, very risky and, right. I will and say, a corrupting lifestyle that they're living. So they don't want to bring their brother in for fear of, you know, shattering his quote unquote innocence, which he, do, by the way, doesn't even seem to have right at the beginning of the movie anyways. So and he really, really wants to join in on their drug dealing. You know, and they did. Uh, uh, Josie, his sister, yeah, yeah. just bought him this sweet new electric lime green Hell car. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What does it say on the front again? No bad vibes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no yeah. bad vibes here. Well, the thing is, spoilers. There, it's ironic because there are bad. vibes Yeah, the in thing this is movie. that oh, that car yeah, is definitely all about bad yeah. vibes. <laughs> bad vibes. But like, so the the other key thing is like, they kind of inherited this business through a criminal father who is either right. dead or in jail. I don't remember which. I think dead. I, I think he was in jail. Like he, I think he went to jail when they were young. Yeah, when I when Boots was five. Right. Um, little five year old Boots. Because th- there is uh, for me th- the first scene that, that was kind of like a clue. That I, I was like, okay, maybe we're just gonna ha- like the writing is gonna be like kind of like we'll have some like stock conflicts and be kind of generic is when you know they're they all get together like early on for Boots' yep. birthday party uh, he pulls yeah. up in his new car and then he has the line I, I just wish dad were here to yeah, see this you can't yeah, say I just, just like, wish blank were here it's no longer you're no longer allowed to write that it line. was really tough people said also and one thing is just not even a it's just the verbal tick where you just write man hey man listen man like everyone was just saying man a lot yeah and uh it started to bug me for some reason because it was an unnatural amount. Yeah, that, that did not occur to me. They're just hanging out in that fire. It's like cheers, man. Well, yeah. it's like right. when somebody writes too many like like too much profanity in something. Yeah, and you just yeah. like you, you there's that unknown just personal maybe threshold where you're just like they said fuck too many times and yeah. now I'm kind and now I'm kind of like this feels like a tick and it's, it's not really the like, lines been crossed. The thing yeah. I always think of uh, with that was I. Uh, 
I'm just going to tell a very short story here, but I promise uh, it will be funny. Okay. Uh, We're waiting. So the laugh meter set up. Okay. Buckle up, boys. (laughs) Uh, Okay. So in 2005. Yeah. uh, When like we were all making movies in high school, uh, a bunch of us, for some reason, Jake was not a part of this. Matt and I both were. I don't know. Uh, I. at the end of, of, of the, the year of high school, uh, at the very beginning of summer vacation, we decided to do this thing, basically a like 72-hour film festival thing where like we split into groups mm-hmm. and each group went <laughs> off and like made a movie in, in 72 hours. Yeah. And, um, and uh, it, was, it, it was stressful and eventful and a lot happened during those three days. But I just remember in my group's movie, we had like a whole like we wrote out the outline for the story, but we didn't actually script any of the dialogue. Right. And you got the ultimate example, especially because we just had to make movies that could play in like a school film festival. So we couldn't have like profanity or like a certain level of violence and stuff like that. Right. And every group's movie just like went full on with all of those things. <laughs> but when you have like 16 yeah. or 17 year olds suddenly impro- being like, Oh sweet. We can swear in movies and also yeah. like improvising the dialogue. There's a line in, in my group's movie I can't remember who said it, but like something bad had just happened because we made like a little horror movie, and someone just goes, "Oh fuck, 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 man, we're fucked," <laughs> and nice. just like it was a string of like fitting like five fucks into five seconds, and it was so comp. Well, like we were laughing about it while we were making it. We're just like, "That's an absurd line." Like, like we, like you, you just were way too excited it's, about being able to swear. Yeah, 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 it's too many fucks for being genuinely scared. But then similar things to that, I remember one person again just being put on the spot, improvised a line. Someone entered a room and said like, sorry about that dude, man. Yeah. And then we just, and then we just said dude, man for three years (laughs) because that was so odd to us. That's funny. Anyway, back to this. Yeah. This, this movie does not crack, Cross the swear threshold, but I know what you mean. You're talking about the word "man," like "Hey, man." There were just there were moments Listen, where, man. like, you know, it's just you know, it's a bad sign when like you're taken out to the degree that you're doing punch up as yeah. you're listening to the conversation. Right. You're like, I know, you know, and, and again, these aren't like self-aggrandizing notions, but I'm just like, I, I feel like this could have been a lot better with a little like more the characters could each be just like sound a bit more distinctive when they talk yeah because again the one hope that i sort of brought with me into the film was like the subject matter and there's a lot here you know like overly uh, like sort of super tribal trashy irish families like i know i know some of that a little little bit bit. a little bit oh yeah of course yeah like there, there was like okay. This is vaguely personal, like but like in uh, in college, right? I my girlfriend in college was uh, from a gigantic Irish Catholic Give family. Give us the full family name, right? From now. Long yeah. Island. What was her name? Uh, shut up. What's her address? Shut up. Okay. Okay. Give us the name of like her grandparents. Everyone. <laughs> full family tree right now. Like, but like it was giving me those vibes. Not that her family was some sort of horrible drug dealing piece of shit family. They were all good people, but just that that but more that sense of over closeness. Like that that like uh 
tight knit sort of tribal mindset where you're like, we're the Connellys and we stick together. <laughs> like, yeah. We're the fucking. If a Connelly's in trouble, you every Connelly's gonna be on your ass right, about it. You right. know, like like Hartnett and Josie in this movie. He's like, I just. Yeah. He's like, it's always gonna be family it's first about over us. anything yeah. else. You know, if I give you the signal and we say it's time to cut loose the drug dealing threads that we've been holding on to, we cut loose. You got me. Right. And it's like family number one. Connelly's. Right. We Connelly's. Connelly's. We look out for our uh, own. Yeah. Nothing else with the Connelly's. <laughs> bagpipes. Yeah. This, yeah. this is also one of the things where it's like coming from an Irish family yeah. and just having a very close, like immediate family. Yeah. This stuff in movies st- still always feels kind of alien to me because I'm like, yeah. I mean, my family, we'd like, I get, we'd do anything for each other, but we never phrase it like that yeah no there's there's an intensity no. to family that, bonds in movies that, that never dad said, over that, that's, use a sniper rifle to defend us he would probably shoot out some people at a distance yeah. for sure but that said th- this family had also like gone through hardships and like had to like survive these hardships yeah, yeah. by banding together right and our families have not exactly <laughs> no, gone through yeah. similar things we did not have none of us had fathers in prison and we had to cling to our siblings in order to like and, and, and like basically like deal drugs just in order to get by yeah like i've never had an interaction with you know one of my little brothers where we got into a fist fight the night before and then the next day they we come good. up to me and they're like we good and i like g- grab their face and like lightly slap yeah. their cheek and i'm like always i think the closest we ever got my room was yeah. over pokemon cards <laughs> <laughs> hey look what happened yesterday about that holographic kangaskhan that's not us that's we not good, bro we have oh. roots that run deeper than that. Torpies run. Con- Kangaskhan will ever be able to uproot. <laughs> Torpies will always run. <laughs> the blood will always run deeper than some rare Japanese version of like a polygon or whatever. The poly- yeah. Porygon. Our blood's thicker whatever. than the water coming out of a Blastoise's water cannon. <laughs> Can I say something? Thicker than the... Okay. I don't know, man. I... I- as much as you know, don't ask me any questions. <laughs> we're we're poking some fun at the kind of you know generic, super tight knit you know like kind of criminal Irish family. Yeah. One element of this that I did like that doesn't come up often in these movies because a lot uh, these types of like crime families tend to be super uh, super patriarchal. Yes. And I. Uh, and often movies like this, like the female characters have like thankless roles yes, they in do. like almost all crime movies. Yeah. And uh, I did like the fact that Josie, uh, yeah. Josh's sister in this movie, uh, was like kind of the more fanatical one. He was the one who was like, you know, you know, like like was more hesitant about uh, like Boots becoming involved in this and like, you know, I. Uh, would have been it seemed like he he'd be more content with like them like stopping he was the, the one with the plan b exactly we well she is like the all in like this is what i do yeah. i like like i run this business like like dealing drugs is like is our business that's what we do um i'm i'm not going to stop doing that right. she's well, the one who's coded the drug dealing into her own personality right yeah. and usually in these kind of movies like gender wise that would be swapped Sure, she'd be like, yeah. I mean, st- I think it's still significant that she, she, she has a basically like one of the the most pivotal con- like roles for the conflict in the film. However, she still is bad and needs to die and dies. They kill yeah, her like in an insane way, and for which reasons, we'll get to for reasons that are 
not entirely clear to me and are maybe one of the weaker moments in the movie for me. Well, he, uh, yeah, absolutely 100%. The thriller uh, that aspect, could have been resolved in a very different way. The thriller aspect of the film honestly was like the least interesting and there were a lot of other things in the in the movie that were just sort of like introduced and then shoved to the side that I think were far more interesting, especially when you're talking about like inherited kind of like vipers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you want to talk about the overarching metaphor in the movie and how much water that holds. You Bruce know? Dern, my favorite fucking character of the Bruce whole Dern movie. Bruce Dern is so good. Yeah. But look, also, I love how Bruce Dern, coming off of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, yeah. where he plays a crotchety old man who can't see and can't remember anything. Nah. And, now, and now he's in Where's this. that young lady that does things for me? It was like squeaky. <laughs> squeaky frown. She'll be angry at me. <laughs> but uh, and then in this, you know, he's in a wheelchair. He's got uh, like tubes shoved up his nose, hooked up to an oxygen sh- yeah. uh, oxygen tank. I'm like, Bruce Dern is the guy for that. He yeah. is, and he, he just runs the bar. Hashtag yeah. goals, Bruce Dern. <laughs> if I could end up like that, like I run a bar and I'm just in a fucking wheelchair, and I'm like, I don't give a shit. If anybody causes trouble, you're just immediately somehow in the room with a shattered beer bottle in your hand. Yeah. Like I had enough of whatever ruckus is going on out here. The, honestly, the weird thing about yeah. Him, like, what is his connection to them again? He is their a former partner, I think, of their father's yeah. like criminal. For a while, activities. I was like, is yeah. he their uncle? And yeah. because considering that it's Bruce Dern in that role, and that so much happens in that bar, yes. I really thought he was going to have more to do other than basically give one monologue that sets up the title. Yeah, uh, <laughs> is, near the end of the movie, that monologue sucks. And yeah, yet another example of a film that like really tells and doesn't show well that monologue sucks and it's a testament to how fun bruce Bruce dern bruce dern is at his line delivery that he salvages the speech despite being kind of nonsensical and feeling very out of place exactly yeah but that's but yeah like you'd think he would he would factor into the story yeah a little bit more and obviously bruce dern always good yep you know what this movie not this is not similar but it just occurred to me that the kind of the the necessary the the sort of like the sense that the necessary conclusion needs to be senseless violence that kind of diffuses into the lack of what seems like a point when you finish it especially it, it reminded me a little bit of Blue Ruin, which I personally do not like. I do like it. I've never seen Blue Ruin because I don't really get what the fuck was the point. Can and this movie. Can I up, ask? Well, okay, sure. Well, no, you finish your point, and then I want to ask my question. This this movie makes a lot more of like a sort. It extends to a higher sort of critique of, I guess, this drug problem in our country, and how it affects people, very specific people, but how that like represents larger issues. So there's more. There's more weight on this film, and uh, right. I think to have some sort of opinion or point of view that I just couldn't really pick out except like it bad, you know, like it's not good. Yeah. To be addicted to opioids. I, so here's my question. Both you guys seem to agree that Josh towards the end of the movie, the climactic decision is that he decides that in order to extricate himself from the drug business and like this escalating situation that he's finding himself and his little brother brought into is that they actually need to kill 
their sister. Yeah, but this is so, no. But this is, is, my this is what he's pushed. We're to. skipping so far. I, I am ahead. skipping ahead, but I'm just you know who cares? Um, yeah, why not? You that know? is true. Who and cares? so here's my question. I'm just curious because both you guys seem to think that that's not justified, or that there was a easier way to <laughs> get out of that conflict. I'm you just don't. curious what you think. I mean, I don't know if I had a strong thought about it, just because I don't think I was thinking too hard about that aspect of the movie yet. It's one of the um, only things to latch onto in the movie. I mean, okay, wait, can we come back to that once we've worked our way through more of the story? Should we put a pin in it? Let's we'll, put a pin we'll in it because a, that's the end of the yeah, movie. We'll put and a pin in it. And, and especially that conversation, that. there's so many, because a lot of threads connect there and subplots. Right. And okay, the, okay. remember, our listeners have not seen this movie. You're right. All right. We, we've got to, we've got to give them some, some context. Right. of them have. He kills the sister. Now we're going back. <laughs> back to the beginning okay. again. Okay. But I, uh, I, what I want to talk about is uh, Margarita Levieva, who plays yeah. Josie, who I did not recognize at all. Uh, okay. Are you guys familiar with her no. from anything else? No. Okay. Um, have you ever seen the movie Adventureland? Yeah. The one with Jesse Eisenberg and Kristen Stewart? Oh, yes. yeah. A long time ago. Yeah, I have. Okay. Uh, so she's in that. <laughs> and mm. a thing that... Cause, um, have you watched any of The Deuce? No, the, the I know David, she's in it. David no. Simon show on HBO. I've seen the first season. Yeah. And um and I remember I I did not realize she was the same person, but I uh, she's in both those things and my mind was blown when watching that show when someone uh pointed out like on Twitter that this was like, you know, maybe a year or two ago. Uh her character on that show I think is like like a college student who starts working at the bar that James Franco's character owns. And uh, she's like, yeah, she's looks like she's like maybe 21 years old. Okay. And then it turns out she's like 40. Oh, and wow. Okay. I, I, this will not make, sorry, listeners. I'm going to show Matt. It's a visual thing. This is her in the deuce. Oh, wow. Unrecognizable. She's 40. Right. Yeah. Oh, damn. And, and, damn. Let, and then, <laughs> and this is her in Adventureland. So oh, she's man. ageless, is what so you're she's saying. Ba- she's yeah, not cute. Only she's is like she Keanu ageless? Reeves. But yeah, like in, in Adventureland, she's like like the unattainable hot girl who works at like right. the theme park. And she was 53 when they shot Adventureland. Exactly. Right? <laughs> wow. Classic Benjamin that's Button wild. story. Yeah. yeah. But I. Uh, but yeah, and so that's it. So what's unusual about her is that she looks way younger than she actually is, but also clearly like her look her look can change so much mm-hmm. like from project to project and i like when watching this whole movie i was like i don't know who this actress is i've never seen her before <laughs> in my life i uh, <laughs> i wonder who she is i surely have never heard of this woman margarita yeah Lovieva. and so that just sort of fascinated me and i want to go through just a little bit of the rest of the cast because i thought it was interesting so owen teague who plays boots yeah was uh he's not he's barely in it but he's uh he plays patrick hockstetter in it the recent it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I was and uh and then his buddy Chandler Riggs uh is the kid from The Walking Dead. Yeah. Who I liked that character. All of that show. And uh you know who I was most excited to see show up? The whole time whenever he'd show up I'd be like, "Is it him? Is is it him? Mm-hmm. I haven't seen him in so long, but I think it, it might be him." The sheriff in town. Oh, from fucking the uh that teen show uh no, not 90210. What is it? I don't... Well, okay. 
He's from some sitcom, or not sitcom. He's in a lot of things, but he hasn't been in... Uh, actually, he has been in stuff lately, but I just haven't watched them lately. So, the sheriff who Josie has been kind of having this affair with. Right. Uh, which is kind of an undercooked storyline. A little bit. Totally. At, at first, sure. it just seems like they have this kind of, like, agreement where he will not... He'll, like, let her do her opioid dealing, like, without bothering them. I think it's just opiate dealing. Opiate dealing. Uh, if you can't tell, I have not bought any of these. <laughs> I do not deal with opioids or opiates. Yes. Uh, and I don't know what to call them. <laughs> but then uh, you learn that, like, that they're both in, like, Narcotics Anonymous. Right. And, uh, and it seems like, you know, they've hooked up before. Uh, one point, and that maybe they both have very, very intense feelings for each other. Like yeah. it's a mutual, oh, it's yeah, a mutual attraction. And yeah. you could even call it like a Romeo and Juliet relationship. That's what Romeo plus Juliet. Which That's is funny is. because he is in the Baz Luhrmann Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. Who's he in that? Uh, Benvolio. Okay, <laughs> your favorite character. You know, Cornvolio. You know I uh, <laughs> wait, no, no, Jake. Jake, pull up a picture of uh of, 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 of uh, Dash Mihawk is the actor. Yeah. Dash Mihawk. Can you as look ben up? Volio. Can you look up Jack Mihawk and Ben Holio, please? <laughs> okay. Here's the thing. I'm pretty sure we've had this conversation on this podcast. I'm pretty sure I've brought up Dash Mihawk before, and you guys said the same exact. Jokes. No, you've never brought it up. You are getting confused no, no, with I, your other podcasts. No, uh, no, these are jokes that you would make. But no, Dash Mihawk <laughs> is this guy. Who, <laughs> did you find him? Wearing a Hawaiian shirt. Yeah. <laughs> wow. It's he's, great. Yeah, he is far younger. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, but he's he was like this kind of goofy guy who like uh he's in he's oh, in a bu- yeah 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 he's in a oh, bunch of episodes of Felicity. Yep. Uh, he's in the Thin Red Line. Yeah. He's one of the soldiers in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. And he, uh, in the late '90s, early 2000s, he would pop up at a bunch of stuff. He's uh he's just one of those henchmen in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Yeah. He's like got that bully face. Like he looks like a bully. Or exactly. Sort of he looks like thug. a fucking goon. L- like, yeah. He's a goon. That's but, a better but, but way like to say. But like a it. nice goon. Yeah. A goon who's like like an asshole, but who's also kind of fun. Yeah, I, I'm looking at some photos of this guy right now. I think I'd hang out with him. He looks kind. He looks kind of. Like, who's that Street Fighter with the? Who's that Street Fighter? Guile? No. Guy, he looks like Guile with the with the Johnny Bravo, crew cut top. You know? Oh yeah. Oh, who is uh, that Guile? It's Guile. Yeah. The guy with army pants. Yeah. It's Guile, right? Yeah. Sonic no. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah that yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's the Sonic Boom guy. I will say, I did not know what he'd been doing for years. I was like, maybe he just disappeared. Turns out uh, he has been in 82 episodes of that show that uh, might be popular, but no one I know seems to watch it. Ray Donovan. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Ah, uh, yes. And you know what? He plays Bunchy Donovan. Ray Donovan. No, no. <laughs> Guys, he plays Bunchy Donovan on the Bunchy show. Donovan? Ray Donovan. <laughs> I assume he's maybe the brother of, of the titular Ray. Bunchy. <laughs> Ray's little brother, Bunchy, whose jeans are always stuffed up his ass crack. <laughs> ah, Ray. And he's constantly uncomfortable. But I, but yeah, so the whole time, like, <laughs> Bunchy's not a name. It, Matt, it, it's probably, I mean, it's probably. Isn't it about like an Irish crime family also? Well, like, like in Donovan? Hollywood? Yeah, yeah. Bunchy it's Donovan. A, it's like a, yeah, it's a fixer. It. It's a Hollywood fixer, right? Yeah. So and much he, of this cast, I spent the messes. whole movie being like, who is this person? Like, yeah. uh, <laughs> like Josh's pregnant <laughs> girlfriend. Right. The whole, I could not figure out who she was. Uh, she's played by Valerie Curry, who actually played on The Tick, played 
the sister of our past guest, Griffin Newman. Ah. Weird connection. Yeah. She's also somebody uh, who gets unfairly She, gets she has the really underwritten role yeah. where she is just there to like work at a hair salon and then like look concerned. And be pregnant. Oh yeah. She gets, she gets those lines. So it's like, don't do anything that you can't come She's back like, from. She's like, be careful, Kip. <laughs> <laughs> our baby. And Kip's like, She's, don't worry about me. I'm just trying to get intentionally into a fight and also kill steal drugs <laughs> and kill my sister. <laughs> Don't do anything it's too chill. rash. Just but sound like Andy McDowell. Keep so. up. <laughs> Let's work our way through a little bit of the story. <laughs> at the very beginning of this movie, I'll just keep yeah. talking while these two laugh. Um, uh, at the very beginning of this movie, uh, Josie is uh, selling some drugs in this bar, which yeah. is just like where a lot of their deals go down, uh, to this woman who looks really strung out and who has some like crumpled up cash. Right. And then cut delivers to- her kind of overwritten monologue that starts the whole film about her sobs but then you know that's like I was working at the mill and then I just got too old for standing up and my back started to hurt and but see I I kind of liked this because mm. it begins with you know with the perspective of the kind of uh you know unfortunate person in this kind of uh, right. in, in, in this town in this environment who who does turn to opiates and then one of our main characters totally taking advantage of them. Yep. And uh, sell like like it's it, this woman should not have should not be getting these. No, it and, wasn't. It wasn't. I thought that it was a little irksome, like the the voiceover intro, but the whole scenario in and of itself, and especially how it kicks off, where the, this woman ODs off of this in the bathroom. Yeah. Yeah, and then Josie just steals the unused drugs out of her pocket. That was good. That Because that's yeah. like cold-blooded and that sets up Josie's like ability for this kind of thing. Right. And then we see Josh going about his like general routine uh, where he's like across from uh, the drugstore. This one guy comes out and he does and it, we see this like returns to later on in the movie. He's there in his car which looks like I don't know it's like a Dodge Charger or something like that. It's know. kind of like yeah. it looks like a car that was once cool is now really beaten up and kind of shitty. Right. Yeah. Like the cool, the cool dude from town that like <laughs> never left town. He got yeah. He got the his high school dream muscle car and he has just let it go to shit. And he's also now well. Josh is forty one. I don't know how he's old. He's supposed to be here. But. I assume like I don't know maybe like mid thirties. Mid thirties yeah. or so. And he yeah. he passes for mid thirties. But but you know. He, he has this routine where you know he he sees this guy who's gonna buy from him like come out right. of the drugstore. He pulls into an alley, turns off the lights, has this deal there. Uh, Stores store some stuff in. Looks like I don't know. Is it like a some sort of like like, like an empty tin watering can? Yeah, just like like <laughs> and in, then in put, the alley. Yeah, gives the guy money, gets the codeine or whatever. Right, out of the, and so out we have can. a sense of their lives. But then, for instance, like. At the beginning, that woman who ODs in the bathroom, that comes back because her husband, uh, like, works at the mill, where we see Josh work sometimes, and he's, like, and he knows that this family, like, deals these. And he knows that his wife died because of the drugs that this family sold her. Yeah, you immediately get what would be the case, which is, like, a small town, and if you have... Someone dealing fucking like Oxycontin in your town and it, it, it is going to kill people and get people addicted and into these horrible scenarios and people are going to all know each other. So right. like you're not going to avoid the fallout. I, I did like that. It justifies a bizarre, the bizarre ending we hinted at earlier, but like that does, guy like, being pissed at that family was like one of the few times where I got a sense of uh, 
like anxiety or tension for real. Right. That mm-hmm. like that felt legit to me. And um, the way that storyline ends, I'm not on fully on board with. That dude was huge, by the way, because he was a little bit taller than Josh, who's like six three. He was. And Josh is a big boy, and, and that guy also probably looked like he had a hundred pounds on Josh. Yeah, yeah. he's <laughs> uh, he's you could say he's burly. Yeah, you um, need to in order to cast oversized to Josh, you need to get to like Dolph Lundgren proportions, basically. Mm-hmm. Right. And and he's also one of those guys who's he's just he's like played boy. burly guys in a yeah. lot of things. I know he was. Uh, I'm looking at his IMDb. He's got a mug on him. He was one, he, like he was one of the prison guards in yeah. Orange Is the New Black. Speaking and of he, Street Fighter, he looks like the one. What was the guy with the beard? Oh fuck! It's not M Bison. It's the other dude. Uh, M Bison's wearing. Look like up the... characters from Street Fighter, Jake. <laughs> and uh, and uh, we'll keep talking. Up, hey Jamie, can you pull up some Street Fighter stuff? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And and so this kind of like sets up all like a lot of the various story threads, you know, like this is what the family does, and clearly they're doing well enough for Joe's to be able to buy boots this like crazy car. But it seems also like a gift that's been a long time coming from many many occasions because they're exactly. also they're living like okay. I think they have like a very normal just like um, like one like a ranch house almost or something like yeah in the Zangief. woods. Zangief. Zangief, oh, yeah. a.k.a. the Red Cyclone. Yeah. yeah that's what he looks like. He looks the like Zangief. The guy looks genuine there, though. He looks like Zangief. Yeah. Right. And honestly, Josh Ryu. <laughs> <laughs> if you put a gi on him, what we're saying is this movie could actually be just transplant this cast into a new Street Fighter movie. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? I'll say it. Just have like, have Anthony Jurgen direct it. <laughs> yeah. Maybe yeah. he's the guy to make the Street Fighter movie. Anthony Jurgen, if you're anything, uh, you could just play Raiden, probably. Yeah, come on. <laughs> Instead of, uh, uh, I can't remember anyone's name. That's okay. It's not important. Wait, who would Bruce Dern play? Bruce Dern? Oh, no. Bruce Dern would be like the guy that owns the corporation that runs the tournament. Okay. And then he gets like just fucking strangled to death later in the movie. Yeah. Classic. You know? Okay, so. By Chun-Li. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah. In, in terms of the story for this movie, I uh-huh. uh, Inherit the Viper. <laughs> right. Well, okay. Also, okay, can we just say bad title? That yeah, sounds like, th- th- here's the thing. Inherit the Viper sounds like a Street Fighter movie. Right. Or, or a porno. Or a porno. Right. <laughs> uh, you could you could do a lot better. <laughs> yes, you definitely could. Uh, and it forces that dumb scene. Right. Exactly. It's like, explain your title, movie, and they yeah. do. It's it's silly. Uh, okay. So so we have that one thread, and we have the sense of this family that they're they're doing this. Uh, Josie is all in on it. Uh, Josh, you know. Doesn't want to do this forever. Uh, is he's the most angry at uh, at his father for like abandoning them and like forcing them into this life. Yeah. Well, the other and, key and, factor to Josh is he is a former military soldier. soldier. He's a former soldier who served in, I guess, the Iraq War or whatever, or Afghanistan, Afghanistan. Or, but like, you know, who is is also critical of the war, and clearly, like, this could be taken as his maybe first attempt. To find an an out, one of the like you know couple that are always given to anybody like in an impoverished area, which is to like join the military. Right. Um. So now he's like doubly, uh, sort of like uh, uh, disillusioned. Disillusioned, where he didn't like what he was doing before or what he was like set up to do. And then he got involved in the army. He got disillusioned by that. Came back, and so. I don't know. It's an it's a it, it it kind of plays a role because then he like 
I, no, we're gonna get to it. Because then uh, Boots really wants to like get in on the family business. Yeah, because it looks so cool from the outside. Exactly. Dude, he's fucking tight, dude. And again, from- and, and, and he is like, you know, <laughs> he, I think he's also well cast as just the like shitty dumb idiot. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but, it's, hey. but it's clear, I, like he makes dumb decisions that really fuck over his family. He's just ambitious and he's over eager, Pat. You gotta How be old a little is he kinder supposed to, to be, do you think? I you have know? no idea. I was gonna say 16. I know, I I, I, I would say... 18, 19. I, I would say like 18 or so. Yeah, okay. But so, okay. We have him hanging out with his friend Cooper. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Coop. And... And Cooper, like, like I think his, his brother knows knows like knows a guy who wants to buy like a bunch of oxy, right? And he's like, okay, it's like a I, friend of his brother's or something, yeah, right? He, he's got like a family connection, right? To it. He's like, yeah. oh, I can get that, I can yeah. do it. And this sets up this thing that I like a sequence that I think is like fairly effective, where he steals a bunch of the family's drugs, hops in his dumb like car that you could see from like five miles away <laughs> yeah and then goes off for like a a stupid drug deal where he yeah. clearly does not know what he's doing and this is like in the middle of a clearing mm-hmm. and uh where he gets tossed a bag that turned out to just have porno mags in it <laughs> then gotcha. gets like held up at gunpoint gets <laughs> yeah. the stuff stolen from him and let's keep and is not he's so dumb yeah okay well, he makes the biggest he sort of says like you know like i've seen your face like yeah. He might as well just say, you'd better kill me, uh, otherwise <laughs> yeah. I'm going to run to the police. It's, it's arguably the stupidest decision in the entire movie, in my yes. opinion. I remember it just feeling so blatantly, like, wrong-footed. I'm like, I get that he's kind of cocky, but he's literally lying on his back on the ground. His money's just been stolen. He has a bag that he thought was full of drugs that's just porno tapes now, and a gun's pointed at his head, and he's just like, ha you won't get away with this. I've seen your face, and I'm part of the Conley family, and the Conleys are gonna take you down. It's like, oh, you're just laying out in very clear terms your case for why you need to get shot in the head right now in this right. field you little which grubby he worm almost, which he was going to get I, I really but then he doesn't realize it because he's like yeah actually you're right I'm gonna shoot you and then he's like no 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 and you're like come on guys Wait, like blah, 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 what yeah. well, like, you're the, gonna the, shoot the guy, the guy who's like you know, uh, uh, just like stealing from him is yeah, like, just are you, money. he even is like, yeah, are you dumb? Yeah. This is, Oh, now I, dude, I have to shoot you. you know, right. Give you a lead salad. That's also the thing. It's like, like this guy who's only in that one scene, yeah. uh, you also get a sense that he's not some like master drug dealer. He's no. really no. just pulling one over on a stupid kid. Once again, yeah. an amazingly visual casting choice of just, a white trash guy. Yeah. Yes. Just a slimy sort of guy with long hair. <laughs> but so, but then I think this part is like pretty effective because suddenly that guy gets shot. Yep. And yeah. uh, but someone is like in the trees, mm-hmm. just like shooting at them. And this sequence become the, like immediately I thought that it was like some like other ordinary or like group of like uh drug dealers or, or whatever. So some other criminals yeah, like the who were just like, network. Yeah. yeah, who were just like swooping in to like, kill everybody and yeah. snatch all the stuff up it, it turned out to be josh yeah uh in, the, in like in the trees with his rifle but mm-hmm. at first like it's not clear that he's just shooting like these other guys because right. boots is like freaking out he has like blood splatter on his face he's like hiding for cover behind his car mm-hmm. and then the scene you have like 
these windows in the other car just like exploding. Yeah. Uh, you have this really nice wide shot, like tracking uh, the other guy, like the brother of Cooper, like rushing toward the woods, like shooting his pistol at it. But like you have this like wide shot, like on a dolly, like tracking with him yeah. as he's just like running and then just like, like gets like blasted away immediately. <laughs> and uh, it's like, a, it's like, again, like I don't want to say just like my bar is so low, so anything is good. But like yeah. no, it was a good sequence. Yeah, yeah but like, no, like again, effective. we've seen so many just like like really boring, like like poorly made with no sense of craft movies that Josh has been in, and so seeing like oh wow, this is like it's like a real shootout. There's like mm-hmm. geography, there's stakes. It's like, but it, okay, it works. This led to my first the first real question that I just had about why about causality or like how something where I was just like, it's a bit much for me to swallow why or how Josh would have known where to go. Oh, I I assume he just followed him. I know. And and that's like what I then was just sort of having to content myself with. But like, I don't know. There was no, you know, you can't show that Josh was following him in order to make the surprise where like, the you know he should have just said I followed you, yeah. No, 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 no. no. The brother he, should he, have been like, "How did you find me?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. He should have said. That. He should have said it because yeah, that was the first time where I was like, "Well, okay, you <laughs> okay. know, like sure." Or See, I, I just assumed it was like, "Oh, this is the go-to spot for drug deals," and Josh knew that his little brother would be so you know amateur oh, to he just go like, to the like, same saw the spot. missing yeah. stuff and is like, "I know what he did." Yeah, but see, okay, I have a different complaint about this. Well, first of all, I thought what was going to happen here is that by Josh having to, like, kill these other people, that suddenly, like, they are in a different family, and he's, like, accidentally, or, or like, like he's been forced into starting, like, yeah. like a war with that other people, right. and, like, mind. brought all this, like, violence down upon the family, a and I was like, oh. McCoy scenario. Yeah, I was like, oh, interesting. It doesn't really go there. Um, but later on, the sheriff mentions... That like some some guys like were found from this nearby town were found missing, at this one clearing kind of nearby there were tire tracks and then a bunch of empty shells from this rifle. That was the thing where I was like, Josh should absolutely know better than to just leave a pile of shells there. Yeah, he would collect <laughs> the shells from like his rifle rounds that he shot, so that he would not leave just a pile of evidence. Because again. He has this like high-powered sniper rifle that not a lot of people have, and he just murdered two yeah, people. They make it very clear that he's the only person that anybody in town has ever recognized as having had that gun, you know, right. that model. So because yeah, okay, so now pick up your shells, dude. So now these Come two on, threads bro. are uh, you have this like Josh has murdered people, mm-hmm. and uh, there's like these these missing people. That uh, they don't have to deal with the aftermath of like killing these people, and then there's of course the angry guy who's pissed at this family and wants revenge. He mostly just wants to beat the shit out of Josh for like leading to his wife's death. Yeah, and these things will connect. They will connect. But then, but it's interesting. From there, <laughs> I will say interesting in terms of like, yeah, why it didn't make different choices. But it really seems like okay because Boots fucked up. And require Josh to kill these people that now it's going to put them in a really, really tight spot. It doesn't put them in as tight a spot as I thought it would. 
I like the scene where they force Boots to burn his car. Yeah, it was very satisfying to watch him do that. It is, and I also just think it's it's like it's nice to see this guy who fucked up like be taught a lesson mm-hmm. and have to like you know y- yes he should be punished for it, but Burn also an ugly it, car. But like I think the scene is well shot. Yeah. You have this scene where uh, uh, Kip and Josie drive away, and this is in like a quarry that they're doing this. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> they they drive away, but the camera's mounted on the hood of their car. Yeah. And it's in the, this wide shot, so in the distance you see like all the like the smoke erupt from when like. Yeah, he really blows up his yeah, car. How like, he, he did some serious <laughs> damage very quickly. Like they're on their way I mean, out, he and poured, you see this like, he, like, mushroom it, cloud. There's a, there's a gas tank, and he lights lights it on fire. I think it's yeah. like when the gas tank in the car explodes. Got like it. Okay. that would do that. But like the way they do that, I think it's nice. Like it just happens in the background in this yeah. wide shot, and then you have this. Uh, again, this is like a, a pretty well shot movie. You have the shot of uh, of boots like from behind looking at his flaming car. Mm-hmm. Then you have this close up on him where just the shadows of like the thick black smoke yeah. are like yeah. bouncing off of his face yep. as he's just like, you know, sitting there, just sitting in like the mistake and the aftermath of the big mistake that he made. Yeah, right. And then he has to walk all the which way then home. which then he doesn't like still. I feel like. Uh, understand the gravity of like he he does right. he very quickly just forgets that like there are dead people and that they are incredibly on thin ice with like the law and how all of this could be traced back to them and completely fuck up their entire family like he's just sort of pissed yeah boots boots's character arc i think could have used a little bit more fleshing out as far as if if you if you want to bring boots's character to where he ends up at the end of this film right i think you needed a little bit more to back his character not essentially not changing Despite all of the shit that he's gone through, yeah, it's it's more he, like he, he doubles down the on what he and then doubles down yeah. on just be embedding himself in the lifestyle. And for somebody who is basically again and again in a very short movie, eighty minutes, been proven that he is inept <laughs> at best and and like a downright idiot in most and situations. The worst, the, and taking the worst conclusions from any sort of teachable moment. <laughs> yeah, and and then just and then deciding like, you know what, this is the life for me. Yeah. You know? Right, like, like there's this he just one... gets a cool hair slick back yeah. and he's yeah. like, you know what, I am, I look like Robert De Niro now, I think. I'm, maybe I am ready. This is like Eastern This promises. is the Irishman like... <laughs> for me, yeah. But like, there's that this part the when, um, when they're in like the backyard of their yeah. house and this guy who seems like he's like the this homeless guy comes by and Josh gives him a couple pills. Yeah, Josh and, is like uh, a and, nice and guy, doesn't charge him for it. Yeah, and it's right. like, you know, and it, it, it's clear that like he does this regularly, like as a favor to this guy, uh, just to like I guess help him get by in his difficult that life. That guy also yeah. served, which I think is like yeah, the connecting exactly. point. Exactly. Also a veteran uh, who's like right. really down on his luck. And then to skip ahead to the like pretty much the last scene of the movie. Right. Right. Boots is now like. Given pill, that Josh has like stopped uh, yeah. with the business. Boots is given pills to that same guy, but demanding that he pay him, or yeah. else he'll kill him. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he broke bad. Like, give me the full <laughs> amount that I asked for. I'll kill you right here. And the guy's like, Jesus. But yeah, Josh but, was really nice. So anyway, this not. is this new scenario, and yeah. and there's a scene again where. We return to Josh doing that same routine deal outside the drugstore, pulling to the alley. But now, uh, like the the regular buyer has like betrayed him and like sold him out to this other guy who shows up like and robs Josh. Right. And there, I was like, oh man, is this from like the other family that the other people were from? Is this <laughs> yeah. is this all part of the same thing? And it's not. 
Yeah, there's, no. there's no actual connection, but I feel like there should be. But also, I think this is, again, another, like, fairly effective little suspenseful scene because Boots is with him in the car. Mm-hmm. And the guy, like, demands that he give him cash. And Josh hands over some cash. And then he's like, there's some more in the glove compartment. And then mm-hmm. and Boots stupidly gets out and is like, what's going on? And he's like, Boots, get <laughs> me the cash from the glove compartment. And Boots, again, who Boots has... Who is only fucked up in this yeah. film? Uh, and, and, and as we can see, he's such a dunce from like everything from like <laughs> from uh, from the way he dresses to the to the, <laughs> the things that he says up. to you know <laughs> from uh, the pants he put on to, that morning. to the car that he drives. Yeah. He makes bad decisions, but then he opens the glove compartment and there is a Glock. Of course, right there, a big, juicy tantalizing gun and in so the glove have, compartment. And again, I thought this Here's was like relatively suspenseful because yeah. you're right there and you're just like, is he gonna? pull that out and like try to shoot this guy and save Josh because he probably will mess this up and that will only make things worse. Right. And he doesn't, uh, he gives them the cash and they just leave with that. But, uh, but again, I thought that was like, while I wish that this guy robbing them was connected to the people they killed. And this was part of like a bigger thing to like, really like to keep raising the stakes. Right. As like an isolated little scene, I thought it was effective. It well, wasn't an was... effective scene, and you're right. I like basically things start turning for the Conleys. They have like this very tenuous, you know, grip on this town, but other but it still like remains in balance somewhat. And as opposed to having all of the things that are going wrong with them interconnect or escalate within one another, it just seems like suddenly all of the things that they do are independently starting to turn on them. Right. They should be more connected. Yeah. They take a and series of L's that have nothing to do with each other. Yeah, it's just like everything the fact that like they're kind of like starting to lose their cool about their operation. I but even even then I was hoping maybe it could just be one of those weird things where they're they're all diversions. Like, no, these are just Shitty stuff just happens on all in all aspects of the operation because it's not a good thing to do. Right. And then something dumb is gonna fuck these people. Like something something banal and like I, underwhelming is going to like ruin their whole operation. I do think it would be better that like <laughs> if, that's not true either. I do think it would be better if falling apart fly out onto the road in front sure, of the police but like, station. But if it were Shit. all like the ripple effects of one thing, if yeah. they were connected and you see how like how delicate this whole thing was, how it, it really was like basically like a house of cards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, look like, Boots fucks it up, and but because of like, like they're a family, and they've made such a big deal about how like we help each other out by helping him out. Like it messes other things up, and and like it, it all spins out of like one thing. Yeah, you gotta get you gotta put these characters. It's a crisp eighty minutes. You need to put them in a tight double bind. Right. All right. Okay. Can can <laughs> we make basically a little <laughs> script? Oh, I. Uh, so. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. I think the first thing we have to get yeah. to is the. Which is like also like the darkest turn this movie, the first very dark t- turn the movie takes yeah. for a movie that's already dark. It's dark. Is the way is unrelentingly grim. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but the way Josie decides to like take care of the loose ends from uh, the shootout in the clearing. You're talking about how she deals with Cooper? Yeah. Our little, our adorable buddy of uh, of Boots? Because, Coop? Yeah. Because yeah. Kip is, is really. He's making some noise about putting an end to essentially what has become Josie's entire 
raison d'être. Yeah, Josh is Good. not well into Well done, it. Matt. I think that's how it's said. And yeah, I believe so. And you can, and it, it is effective. You can tell how underneath and sort of the, a little bit before the whole Cooper thing and then afterwards is like the most compelling that Josie gets because she has just been doing this sort of like tough person facade the whole time. Right. Like, yeah, I'm the fucking drug dealer. Like, fuck you. The Connolly's strong. Yeah. Life just bends you over and fucks you. So why not try to like, no, the world's a cold bitch. Cold bitch. That's right. That's yeah. what she says. World's get a cold yours. bitch and you got to get yours. And Very and, dumb line as well. And work the system and, and whatever who gives a shit. Just so yeah. like, you know, you, you get the more, the, what is obviously, you know, again, to me, maybe not to everybody, the far more interesting aspect of her character, which is like the quivering humanity underneath her mm-hmm. affair with the sheriff that allows for this bizarre equilibrium to be established. That yeah, is where the sheriff ostensibly or essentially knows that they're all dealing drugs and is willing to sort of turn a blind eye to it. Right. And is, and is well, because he also likes her. Well, I they've, know. Literally, they've, they've been having sex. Yeah. He's been cheating on his wife. He's got a wife and kids. By the way, listeners don't do that. Don't cheat on just, your specifically. Don't cheat. Don't cheat on your wife and kids. There are grades to it, and that's let's the keep worst going one. down this grade. Don't cheat. Don't cheat on your wife and kids. It's don't mean. cheat on your wife and kids with the resident codeine <laughs> dealer of your town. She's not, it's not codeine. Sorry, you need codeine uh, and cough syrup. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> don't robo trip with. <laughs> don't with some crazy Jake and I are really well versed in drugs. We party hard. We try everything. We know what we're talking about. We try yeah. everything. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's too I, late. I'm, I'm tried curious. Everything. I, it just it, it, cocaine. It raises all these questions. Like, mm-hmm. you know, she's had an affair for how long with this guy? What right. was the deal with that? They're both in NA. We don't see any drug use on the family's part, which also would have been interesting. Or to see Josie deal with her own former addiction to the thing she's dealing. All this stuff is more interesting than what happens. Although I will now set Pat up again for the maybe saddest, grimmest scene in the whole movie. Yeah, she's she goes over to uh to Cooper's house and <laughs> and is like, "Hey, you doing okay? Oh, man, that was rough. Uh, um, yeah, I know. Don't worry, it's gonna be all right. Hey, let's uh let's shoot up some oxy. Yeah, and uh and there's some you know classic uh like heroin style kind of you know you you do a little like like. The heroin style. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. You put it, it's, it's, it's like been like, like mashed up into, yeah. like a, into a powder. You know, you put, you put you the flame it. underneath the, you, you cook it under in, in the cup. You just you you put it, into it the, inject it, it and like into it. Into the syringe. <laughs> and uh, then you do it again. <laughs> it's a needle with addiction. heroin. It's uh, a addiction. It's a baby bottle pop, everybody. It's a baby bottle. <laughs> it's a parody of baby bottle pop. <laughs> it's a fresh Only 90s kids will remember that. <laughs> Just dip it and lick it and shake it. Oh man! Okay, yeah. right. I haven't had then one of those dip since it I was and like lick it again. eleven. <laughs> but it was burned to the roof of my mouth after a while. Yeah, oh, yeah. pretty it was, intense. It was crystals of sugar were were just serrating like, basically the, my eating palate. ground up glass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know that said, I still want one right now. That being said, no. What I'm craving, I'd suck on a baby ball pop. And I'm always uh, craving. PO Box three eight zero three 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 Brooklyn, Ring New York one one two three eight. Send it to us. Give us that BBP. 
So she. Oh yeah. So she. Uh, she's like, come on. Uh, l- let's just like t- let's take our minds off of all this. Let's shoot up. So she shoots him up uh, in his arm, and he's like, oh. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, he is. I'm not like, wrong. Oh. That's yeah. what he's like. Yeah, no, and, uh, and, then she, and then she's gonna, she like fills up another syringe and uh, sometimes he's gonna shoot herself up and then just gives him another dose and he's just out. Yeah, he just kills him. She just ODs him right there. Yeah. And, and it, it's sad because you see him like try to like, you know, protest and and he's like, no, like as she, she's like reaching toward him, but he's already too out of it. Yeah. He, to he like can't, do he, anything. He's too weak to really like push her off. Yeah. And, uh, and then he, she just holds him and this long shot that like, again, fairly well directed. Well movie, done. Yeah. Where like the camera just like, it's a slow pushing on her kind of cropping him out of the frame just on her. She just kind of looks away as uh, she holds him as he dies. Yeah, there was something creepy about that slow push. It gave because me because it reminded me of just like, oh, if you were, it almost looks like she's kind of embracing him in like a very loving yeah, it's way, loving. like a mom. It's weird. You know what? You medicine. know what I thought of, and it made this is why it made me emotional. What? Uh, uh, most of the movie did not really affect me, mm-hmm. uh, but I saw a documentary about assisted suicide oh god and a wife does does that to her husband who has a terminal illness oh so it reminded you of that scene where she's like embracing this guy who gets literally lethally injected jesus Oof. yeah uh doesn't sound it's not fun. as uh realistic or dark as inherit the viper and i, I will she's say doing this because i guess cooper is the only other person alive who saw yeah. the that saw Kip kill everyone else. Exactly. And and as they say, yeah. you know, there is the scene where the sheriff, old Dash Mihawk, I love that name. Um, <laughs> you know, he, he, ta- he comes by and questions them and is like, hey, so, you know, we found these rifle rounds and you got one of those rifles. And he's like, look, it's only a matter of time until... Like, everyone knows what the deal is. That's the other right. thing. It's so too small a town. There's only one fucking family that's dealing all this shit. There's only one person with a cool And that's cool the thing. It's, it's like, rifle. as much as he's, like, turned a blind eye to, <laughs> you know, t- to their dealing, yeah. it's like he can't do that with, like, a murder. It's right. like he, he can't let them off the hook for this. I was laughing. It was like he's like an RA in, in a college. <laughs> yeah, and he's yeah, like, yeah. if I don't want, just don't, don't fucking be in my face about it, man. And Listen, nobody has to get in trouble. Like if I don't have to smell the fucking weed pouring out yeah, from underneath your he's door. He's like, literally, I'm like, not going to get I, you in trouble. I, I am... You're, the metaphor is so the comparison is so apt he's like hey listen man I'm not like your other RA sheriffs yeah. I'm like pretty cool like just whatever's going on behind closed doors also I'll probably fuck one of the people in the hall <laughs> by abusing my authority <laughs> like but, classic RA move but just don't be in my face about it you yeah. know and nobody has to get in trouble hey man we're all having fun here but hey listen just but then meanwhile there's just that over there's pretty- that crazy resident <laughs> that just punches a hole in the wall and like vomits into the hole <laughs> yeah and brings yeah, a bunch yeah, of like, like rodents found into the, the vomit house, hole yeah. yeah i found the piss desk dude we found the you know the ziggurat of uh empty alcohol yeah, bottles your roommate that you says built. you've been coming in his one desk drawer for a year <laughs> yeah <laughs> you cannot have a desk fully filled to the brim with cum yeah. all right <laughs> apparently it's Sir? enough that you can go to jail <laughs> <laughs> it's a felony now <laughs> yeah how many ounces is that yeah, that's a felony. Uh, that's a felony. It's all solidified. The detective it's in there. come to life. It's a it's brick crawling of down cum. the hole. Can you imagine just sh- like like the way you like? I don't want to think. About okay, this. all right. Anyway, can you imagine? I mean, yeah, I can imagine. Do I want to imagine? Not really. You don't dream to imagine. <laughs> you don't dream. To I believe. dream to believe. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
So Cooper so, has been killed. Yeah, Cooper so, has been but injected. Then Boots with, uh, like puts things together. Like he he sees that her Boots truck has like is a gone. premonition. Like almost, he's like, I know this is what's happening. Yeah, spidey yeah senses and are and there's this this sequence that I like. Again, there's like wh- while I'm not on board with like the whole, like all of the story decisions and like the actual writing. Uh, like a, a lot of sequences in this movie that I think are good. And he, there's, the cars are gone and he hops on a bicycle and frantically, uh, and it's a little thing that I've always loved in movies when, uh, you know, people needing to get somewhere fast, having no car that works and having to resort to a bicycle. Well, this mm-hmm. is also a detail. trick bike too. Again, Tiny wheels. Yeah, but that's the thing is like, this is very... I feel like this is very well observed. Somebody, somebody in oversized pants and a hoodie, <laughs> yeah. riding a huffy bicycle with like trick back pegs in the cold. Everything is about like their outfit. such a like rural like it, it, I don't know like I've just seen that so right. often. And then also like he sees like like a, a cop car and an ambulance going, but he also knows the little like back roads yeah. and, yeah. and alleys through this like. You know, suburban neighborhood. So he's able to get there quickly. Well, his clothes are so oversized that they provide possibly the most amount of drag that you could have <laughs> right. while riding a bike. Okay, it's basically not, like wearing a parachute. He's not aerodynamic. Yeah, he's not aerodynamic. But, and you also and you get this nice like overhead shot of just right. like him riding at night, like straight down the center of the road. Yeah, yeah. Uh, on this bicycle, and of course he he pulls up outside. He sees Daniel's already there. He knows what has happened, and. I like Josie's reaction to all this stuff, though. Like, she does it. She has her moment where she cries in her truck. Yeah. And she goes to N.A., but it's clear she's just going to sort of, like, obviously she knows the sheriff is is there for his session. Whose name is Kyle. Kyle. Ah, yes, Kyle. She then looks for consolation in Kyle who then rejects her as in like grabs his head and makes out with him in the parking right. lot she's like yeah. please just have sex with me so that we can, I can have a moment's respite he rejects her cause he's like this is not a good idea I feel like I've been learning some stuff from NA and uh part of that is to not have sex with you anymore <laughs> the drug dealer in the town I'm right. so sorry and then after that I think she just goes home yeah, I'm trying to put yeah. th- this together because Josh, meanwhile, is at, with his pregnant girlfriend at the hair salon, <sighs> and he finds he catches wind because Boots goes Boots to the hair salon says and what informs happens. him about Cooper's death. And Josh, being an astute young man, um, puts all of the pieces together very quickly and realizes that it was obviously Josie who did but this. But before he does that, he. Well, as he puts two together, that's when like the also the just this plan suddenly coheres in his head for what he's going to do for the rest of the movie. Does he have a plan, or is he just like I need to get punched a bunch in the face by the guy whose wife, my sister, and therefore I inadvertently killed? That was my question. I I think he's realized that Josie has like has gone too far. I like. In terms of all of this, she's like she's crossed a line. Too many bodies, and and she like <laughs> she needs to she needs to go, and that will also get rid of everything. Yeah, it's like like the one way out. Well, Bruce Dern also delivered his you know amazingly observed little piece of folk wisdom there. Doesn't that happen like in the middle of the movie? Oh yeah, wait, wait, no, wait. it happened like 
Well, is it towards the end? Wait, does it happen the first time he goes to the bar? And no, that happens when he goes to the bar. No, the second. The guy attacks him. Oh yeah. yeah and yeah. then Bruce Dern comes in and is like, "Stop that! Not, Not my in bar. my bar." I don't care what's going on in here. Yeah, but then like Jack Nicholson. Sorry, but then so sorry guys. So what happens then? Bruce yeah. Dern here. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Josh goes back to the bar, and I like the way this is done, where it's just this long tracking shot, just like following him, like you know, like chest up, mm-hmm. just walking out of the hair salon, across the street, all the way into the bar, and it just holds on him, just like in his head. That's right. As he's just walk. Like walk and and again, it's not like a really showy long take, but it just sticks with him for like the walk. It makes the walk across the street feel really long, right? And then he goes in, goes into the bar, grabs a, like a bottle of whiskey, grabs some glasses, sits right down with uh, Ted. That's his name, Ted, the guy whose wife, the right, monstrous guy, and basically just just right away. Hands himself over to like be punched. Yeah, and then of course we see him He's outside got, the bar getting punched. And Ted's Listen, like, "What the hell do you what think the, you're what doing? In Sam, hell's going on and, here?" And Josh is just like penance. What kind of reckoning? Penance. Was that a reference to a video that we made years ago? I'm here for penance. Doesn't he say repentance? Maybe he says repentance. Maybe, but I wishfully heard penance. He's doing a classic. Irish Catholic drunkard move. Yeah. Oh yeah. I need to be hurt for being a bad boy. <laughs> Honestly, I'm amazed when? he didn't go to see. He didn't go to like confession before this or talk to a priest. There's no you, church. There should in this have been town. some sort of uh, presence of a church or something. No, 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 no. I'm very happy there wasn't because Why? these kinds of. Because you think it would turn to Boondock Saints if there was? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, it's, a, it's not that. It's just that the the guilty Irish criminal like going to to church to like and, and like dealing with that it's it's at this point it's become such a cliche and and I would like I know if it had those scenes I would just like be checking my watch during those or be yeah. rolling my eyes during those like 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 okay yeah he's guilty I understand I'm I'm relieved that we didn't have to have those scenes you don't want it, an old man on the other side of a divide going it's been a while since you've been here Kip yeah. Hello, Kip Conley. Yeah, Kip we, Conley. Hi, father. Hi, father. No. Uh, although no. I, don't, I don't know, it could be a nice flashback to Forty Days and Forty scoots. Nights. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it could be. Uh, I haven't beat off in <laughs> yeah, it's ten just, days, it's, and I'm. It's about the opioid crisis, <laughs> and he just talks about jacking off. Like, Josh, whole do whole a scene. comedy again. Honestly, do something funny. I liked bro. Josh in this movie. I don't know if we've said oh, this no, no. outright. Oh, Josh, I, again, we the said the cast is good. Josh is, is good. Is great. Yeah, and everybody. Josh being is... like the sturdy rock yeah. of this family, like great. He and can e- totally pull that off. And everybody is is so good with their performances that it does offset the script, which we've all said we have qualms with. They they qualms. It's just not. It's it's, it's a bad script. It's trite and yeah. Kind it's of it's not a very, very, very generic script. Yeah. So they take those lines and they actually can act through them I think a little bit. Jake, you know, Jake. I think you agree with me. Our the the one line that landed comedically was with Bruce Dern, where what he's like he's like doing the inherit the viper monologue monologue, and he's like talking about how the whole metaphor is that like his friend got bit by a snake and they all were so afraid of getting in trouble that they didn't tell anybody and then that friend died right and then josh just takes a shot and goes yeah i'm sorry for your loss (laughs) (laughs) it was really good like it was really well delivered in this like somehow like yeah it was just very good and it was funny but like not 
destroying the moment. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's stuff like this. I agree. Because again, this uh, this movie, it's not it's not an especially good script, but it's also like, you know, it's way better than she's missing. Oh yeah. Like I like again, there are characters there. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Like like some of it is is like like a bunch of it is generic. But there are characters there. You know, they have motivations. Yes. You get what they want. They have arcs. Like, yeah. like you have that stuff. And and looking at this really makes me think, like, my God, just like, you know, Josh, like, you, you put him in, like, a, a slightly better, slightly larger project. And, uh, I mean, I look, I really think that heartening is coming. And I do want to, like, cite an important thing. So the the big variety interview with Josh from last week, the whatever happens to Josh Hartnett interview, which again, it is insulting that uh, our podcast was not cited because we can tell you exactly what happened to Josh Hartnett. We know better than anybody. Yeah, I'm sorry. Why were we not called upon to do this interview, to write this article? (laughs) Uh, We are. Who's editor at Variety? Uh, I want your job. Yeah, I'm we, gonna have your job. I'm gonna sir. sell. We are ma'am, the person. Josh Hartnett inter, uh, experts on the internet. I'm gonna sell yeah. oxy to you. Don't just kidding. <laughs> I'm gonna get you hooked and ruin your life over the course of many generations. But, but the, the thing that I want to cite is yeah. a line in this article. It says Hartnett, now 41, seems to be making a gradual comeback mm. with more projects on the horizon, like including said, Guy Ritchie's up. upcoming drama. Cash truck, <laughs> which I am so fucking excited I for. Shoot fight money. <laughs> oh, okay, hard East, money. East End. <laughs> no, wait, the thing that I will never be able to Run take seriously money. that Netflix keeps pushing so hard is a show. It's from some European country called Money Heist, <laughs> and it it always comes up front page of Netflix. Money Heist. I like the thing. It's just Netflix not Gabe, giving a shit. I, our friend, our mutual it, friend Gabe, heist. was making was joking about how he's just like. Opening up Netflix, not expecting to be savagely roasted, and then it just shows sex explained. The show, <laughs> and yeah. he's like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> yeah, but yeah, can't wait for Cash Truck. So condescending, Netflix. Cash Truck's gonna be like, dope. It, it can't get here soon enough. It's just again, it's like I honestly can't wait. When's a Cash Truck arriving? Is my question. <laughs> I just want to see Josh in like a movie that cost money. Yeah, the thing is, a, though, a movie like, w- w- like with like. Like by a director who's like well known, like co-starring with, you know, other famous people. Yeah, I there don't was... want to go into a basement with one woman in it and see the movie. I want to be. <laughs> yeah. I, want I don't want to go to a smelly basement, which clearly was a porno theater in like the seventies, and, and 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 just watch it with like a couple. I want to go. I want to use my AMC A list account yeah, to see get, a Josh movie. Yeah, but get my discounted chicken tenders. Do, okay. <laughs> when, uh, watch Cash Truck. <laughs> um, but I also though with, <laughs> with a, some reheated chicken tenders by a blase teen. Guys, you know what we should do? Yeah. Uh, we should just record like our like pitch theme song for cash truck and just submit it to the movie. <laughs> okay. So be like, hey, Guy Ritchie, if you want to use this, here's our cash truck theme song. Guy, Guy Ritchie. Cash truck. Uh, no, but th- I don't know if it's in the Variety interview or maybe the Vice one I read, but like, I'm because they're kind of bleeding into each other, but like, he, it's weird. Is it in the ethos of Josh Hartnett's like choice process? Because like, this was a first time venture for a screenwriter and a director. It's a micro budget film. Like you said, that only took 18 days to shoot. The whole point was like, 
trying to make this model more viable and and attaching his name to these kinds of things because he I think in one of those interviews he was sort of complaining about how he tried to then he tried through the blockbusters did he did in his early years to do some more like personal projects which was our theory anyway mm-hmm. to like further uh you know his desired career of doing more serious stuff that like touched on real issues in you know in the world in society whatever he was very idealistic and how he was frustrated by how it didn't really work the way he thought it kind of fucked him both ways where like he was in all these blockbusters so then people wanted him to be in more blockbusters and yeah. and ignored no one gave a shit that he was in things like Mozart you know, and the Whale Mozart and the Whale where he's trying to talk about like Asperger's and stuff now autism spectrum stuff and like people resented that a big big shot Hollywood dude was was in these little things right as well so like he he didn't feel welcome in the indie scene for a while either and he was like, "This sucks." <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. I, 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 it's the Vice interview, which I have hadn't read, but I'm I'm skimming through now. Yeah, he's like, it was kind of shitty. Like he's like, I think he's like, when I was young, it frustrated me, and now I think I understand it. But the one takeaway that I thought was really nice was, and again, what we were sort of positing about Josh was that like he's very, he seems to be pretty socially conscious and like trying very overtly to do meaningful films by new people yeah. with a small budget you know and help get these projects off the ground yeah. and really think, serve as like a what yeah. I do think is interesting about this though is in the variety interview uh, he, he's asked does theatrical distribution matter to you again this is the first Josh movie we've seen in theaters. Yeah. So not a lot of these have been in theaters. And it wasn't easy. Like, if we right. didn't live in this city, there wouldn't even be the one shitty theater that <laughs> yeah. was playing it. Yeah. And he says, for me, it's about whether or not people are going to see it. If it's only seen 10 years later on a streamer and randomly by some kid in his dorm room and he talks to other kids who saw it from five years before that, it's not the way I remember movies being when I grew up. I liked that feeling of walking out of a movie theater and being able to talk about it with a bunch of different people. I personally like it when a film gets a release in the theater because it has an immediate audience. But then sometimes on a streaming network, you can get a lot of good press and even more people will see it more quickly. So I don't know. That to me is crazy. Is kind of weird to hear because I'm like, Josh, you really seem to want to make movies that are in theaters that people will see, but you're not. Well, that's what but, I mean. But, like, does his do his other goals as an actor kind of not really vibe with <laughs> this? The other hope, which is to be in theaters, which is becoming, I don't know if this is like largely true, but like a less and less viable thing for like anything smaller than a certain budget. Right. Right. I mean, like who's. Yeah. It's just too expensive to go. And like the, the whole business model is a little shaky at the moment. Well, this is why I think yeah. Josh should be kind of straddling the lines between <laughs> these kinds of movies. Oh, yeah. And, and Studio <laughs> Fair. That's it. It's like, Josh, you should honestly, uh, instead of pivoting completely to like like the like micro budget uh like you know little super indie movies yeah now that there is more like there's more of those being made i think he should have continued on the track that he was apparently trying to do in the early 2000s of uh of you know, doing the studio films and then doing the small ones about topics that he cared strongly about. Uh, because look, 
maybe back then not as many people were like not as many of the like the blockbuster audience was coming over to see Mozart and the Whale, but like some will. Yeah. And and if you keep your foot in that that pool uh, of the, of the larger movies, you will keep people aware of you and and you know have at least some coming over to see the other stuff. So, I agree. Do you think it's a he, softer version than the like whole notion of like one for me, one for you kind of? That's a little a lot bit, of yeah, yeah for to. sure. And Josh seems like he's like a you know, like you can tell just reading these few interviews, he's kind of a thoughtful guy. So I think that he has the wherewithal to know that he could potentially spin. I mean, Variety wrote this. It's like literally called "What Happened to Josh Hartnett." But what you can, yeah, what happened to him? <laughs> is you can you can arm that narrative into a renewed career interest. The idea of being the actor that quote unquote disappeared. People love and then that. They're shit back too. again, especially with his narrative of having been like such a heartthrob at one point. If he t- like, I think Cash Truck might be the way to time this. The press junket. For that film, I hope if 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 I think he can do this properly with like I don't know his press agent or whatever, right? Is craft this into a narrative that could get him into the place that I think he wants to be, which is with a little bit more clout behind him and a sort of gravitas or what's the word I'm looking for, like a weight to his you know quote unquote comeback, despite the fact that he hasn't really gone anywhere. He's been working steadily for the past decade, but <laughs> yeah. Um, but for most audiences, it will be looked at as a kind of comeback and then use that, use that clout to like spin out and, and do one of the, he said he wrote three scripts like in the past three years, like do a script you wrote. I, you know, he acts in so many of these different things, but like, could you use some renewed career interest from cash truck to get one of your scripts made? That'd be (laughs) cool. That's the thing. I hope to God cash truck is good. I hope it's literally a truck full of cash that dumps on his front lawn and gives him all the clout he needs. I hope so badly that cash truck is good. I'm rooting for cash truck to just be a banana. Well, I'm going to go see the gentleman or whatever. The the current guy, Richie. Yeah, that that shit looks fun. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I've heard it's kind of like shallow, but pretty fun, yeah. which is kind yeah, of like exactly. what I would like from Guy Ritchie. Yeah, what else but has I, Guy Ritchie done? Right. but It's w- just like, yay, wee! <laughs> Gangsters. Gangsters, and they're British, and they're killing each other. Guy Matthew McConaughey. And one of them's like, I'm also here. <laughs> Bill Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Clinton. <laughs> Hillary, they found all the child poor. <laughs> but the reason I'm, I'm even more interested in Cash Truck is Cash Truck is basically the movie that he seemed to get green after Aladdin made a billion dollars. Yeah. So that's that's basically the... So, like, Cash Truck... the GDP of countries is so funny. It's so weird. But, like, Cash Truck is, like, his blank check movie. Yeah. It's like, that's it. Because, like, The Gentleman was already, like, made, like, like, before Aladdin came out. This is the one where it's like, okay, that was so successful. Do whatever you want. Cash Truck. Yeah. It's yeah. Cash Truck. It's, it's, actually, it's actually, I already wrote it. It's Cash Truck. So do you have any... It's Cash, cash Truck. Wait, guys, we haven't talked about the ending. The crazy ending. Oh, like oh. The, the deal that Josh makes. So Josh... No, if you remember, we already talked, I talked about, about the ending at the beginning. <laughs> we everyone knew. No, no, we alluded Whoa. to it. Look, we <laughs> gotta get into this. Right. Because uh, Josie goes to the mill because Kip is there. Yeah, he's like, hey, come meet me at the mill. I, something crazy something happened. Bad something happened. bad happened. Something bad happened. I need to talk to you. you know, he's, things got messy, yeah. I believe yeah. he says. Yeah. And then so Josie shows up at this abandoned warehouse... 
And not a ba- oh yeah, it's the mill. It's the Sorry, mill. it's the mill. It's the mill. It's the mill after hours. Nobody's there. Also, supposedly. I will say the one scene where Josh goes to work the mill. There's a nice little montage of him like sawing wood. Yeah, and, and the stuff lighting's like nice. It's yeah, the only time like, it's like daytime in the fucking movie. <laughs> right. There's like yeah. these like uh, shafts of light coming in through like the really high windows. Yeah. And that's the kind of thing. Uh, guys, would you like a little bit of a cinematography lesson? Go. Here? I'm gonna give it to you. You yes. know. Yes. <laughs> uh, so you know in movies when you see those like straight up like shafts of light going through the air, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, you know how that's accomplished? Dust. Uh, <laughs> the dust. It's uh, really through um, a little uh, like fog machine, just like like putting a little bit of just just mist in the air, right? And uh, so th- that's. <laughs> Like so many tight. movies, just so often, there's actually just like a little bit of just fog machine just sprayed around, oh, just yeah. to float in the air, and uh, and that catches those those beams of light. But uh-huh. that's also it's like, you know, that's like a fairly slick move that will like take your visual style to the, to another level. And so what, when I saw that in the scene, I was like, man, that is yeah. slicker and cooler looking than I expected well, from this movie. I yeah. mean, fog is just. If when water is dust, so that is true. Fog but, is water, but dust. but think yeah. of in a in a, a location that large, like yeah. that has huge high ceilings. Mm-hmm. So they have, and the thing about I trust me, I've done this in rooms with, with high ceilings. Uh, it diffuses. It just like uh, like evaporates, goes away so fast because there's so much volume with with that right. that building to fill. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, man, they must have really cranked in like a ton of fog, like. In yeah. order to create, like, cat- yeah. creating those shafts of light in that building is not the easiest thing. They just the filled it to the brim with it's, fog. It's, they, like, they know what they're doing. Yeah. And yeah. it looked good. It did look it good. It had a very, it, like, uh, it reminded me, it almost had, like, a Days of Heaven early factory scene kind of vibe it did. to it. Um, so, yeah. So, so uh, Josh Hartnett walks into the mill after hours. Or, no, sorry. Josie does. And uh, she's looking around for her brother and then finally Josh steps out from the shadows and he's like over here she she's walking over to him and then out of nowhere comes she gets comes that, the freaking guy the brutish again? guy that beat Josh up just moments earlier in the movie right is now in the warehouse with him and hits Josie in the back of the head with yeah, a large she's piece walking of wood. over to Josh yeah this guy comes over. out of nowhere creams her she falls to the ground and then Josh turns and then walks kind of like nods at this guy and then turns and walks away and then this guy finishes the job by crushing d- her grossly skull. crushing yeah her skull <laughs> and with we the don't butt end of the wood it, but we hear the squelch as yeah. he slams like like the the big like like piece of wood down and this is the most bewildering deal in the in the whole you know in all of the sort of pivotal moments of violence yeah, like yeah, it's the, like Josh should have just been forced. Probably, if the, she was going to die, Josh should have done it. I I didn't understand the Kip either should have done killed her or ratted her out to make it far more of like a personal familial. Well, like the idea was that he offered her this guy who was sore about his wife. But he, nothing about his anger struck me as leading to something like no, that. No, that's it. I agree. It's like I agree. Him, him like beating the shit out of Josh in an alley totally makes sense. It felt him, like it was done. Him yeah. brutally murdering her, crushing her skull with a piece of wood, that seems so excessive. I agree. And, and nothing that we've seen before led me to believe that that's what he wanted. Right. Yeah. He, just seemed like he, just, he just wanted like a drunken fight. 
Yeah, yeah he wanted to beat the shit out, and it, and maybe he would beat the shit out of her, but like killing any of that member those members of the family was not what genuinely like he would threaten it or whatever, but like he seemed almost like a sentimental guy. Like he was kind of poetically describing he's like the you know if you ever the, the amount of pain you pour into this town, you will reap what you sow. Like yeah, I was like, that kind of this stuff. is yeah. a mill worker. Like he's really like <laughs> This is some in, intense lyrical language he's using. Yeah. <laughs> right. And yeah, that's what was just very odd about it. I'm like, yeah. and, and of course, with her dying, that kind of, you know. I guess well, that puts a kibosh on a bunch of shit, but like, you have now a murder case. That guy literally is a murderer. And just well, like, how does, how is the dust settled on any no, of this he, shit? There, there, is, um, there is a way that he ties up the murder case. I feel like. She fell. <laughs> she tripped. <laughs> and her head fell off. Um, I remember that when he's talking to the police officer at the end of the movie, he's just had his sister killed. He's going back home. And he's supposedly retiring from drug dealing. And the sheriff shows up at his house. And Josh has been beaten up by this guy. So his face looks fucked up. And he mentions that he's like, you know... I'm sure you've heard what happened to my sister, and I know that when you go searching through her car, you're going to find a certain rifle that you may have been talking about yep. related to a certain kind of shooting. And I and, and correct me if I'm wrong, does he not obliquely refer to the fact that like the reason she was killed in the first place was as a result of some uh, backfiring, escalating oh. issue from those killings? So he he he. I do think the movie does try to like neatly oh, wrap all okay, those yeah. things. He might be right. Yeah, and Josh by killing his sister, gives him an alibi and a lie that perfectly closes the case on all of those loose threads of shittiness that had been happening. And then it's also like a retaliatory killing, yeah. but not from the guy, but from not like from the, the guy, just from like the other gang yeah, or whatever yeah, yeah, you want to sure. say. And then the sheriff, you know, has to accept the evidence. And he's like, besides, I wouldn't go digging that deeply into it because I can tell a lot of people, including your wife and kids, about the fact that you were fucking my sister in the first place. So yeah. let's just leave it at that. And right. I'm retired. So yeah. wait, let's wait, uh, wait. let sleeping dogs lie at wait, this point. Doesn't he say yeah. it like, I don't think uh, like your wife and kid want to know that the sheriff was fucking the local oxy dealer. Yes, yeah, exactly. That's what it was. Yeah. And the sheriff's like, true dad. <laughs> yeah. That is a very you good right, You right. <laughs> Touche. Um, you make a compelling point. All right. Facts. So let's, honestly, facts. I'm going to back off. So, boom. Josh steps into his house and they all lived happily ever after. Except. Josh is just drinking And then, and then we skip ahead. His baby is there. Yep. And, and, and he's like, look. And then someone asks him, like, you know, oh, like the, the, the that bartender. bartender's there and who, who only speaks in gravelly whisper. Yeah. yeah. Hey, man. So, like, <laughs> how's things going on? Take a day by day. Yeah, every day it is what it is. <laughs> like, I did kind of like that where it's like, you know, he's like, Look, it is uh, you know, harder to to make money now, but we're 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 doing what we can and like and we're but doing like, it like honestly. Exactly. But boots Oop, wrinkles. He's a chip off the old block. Yeah. Yeah. He's taking over boots. the family business. Boots he can has take inherited the, he can, the viper. Yeah, he inherited the viper. <laughs> See? That's I've come to wipe your wind windows. I'm <laughs> <laughs> the window viper. We've got to just start, you know, using any opportunity to to, to say inheriting the viper in our day. I don't lives. want to. I'd like to purge it now. I'm gonna. I'm gonna bring it up whenever it. I can. You need to kill it. You need to kill it. No, no. Josh says that line. Cut off the arm. <laughs> 
<laughs> that one of the funny stories. I'm Chris. Name so was like little my Timmy. name is Christopher Lambert, <laughs> and I played Raiden. <laughs> <laughs> so friends, yeah, you know what I'm excited friend. about in terms of like what Josh has coming up. Kastruk. Well, look. <laughs> We all know I am cash truck. I am excited about cash truck. But so, of course, uh, Josh has this year. Uh, he has Valley of the Gods. Damn. By the up, way, uh, you know where he co-stars with John Malkovich, which seems compelling and will come out at some point. Uh, there's, of course, the Long Home, which never gonna will get never come out. It's never coming mm, out. They should just delete it. It's not real. Delete. Exactly. But in the, the Variety interview, also great part of the Variety interview, when uh, his daughter shouts from from off oh, ki- yeah. uh, off mic, there's a part where, where it just says, young voice, daddy. Josh says, sorry, my daughter's in the room crying. <laughs> um, but but he mentions that he but he mentions that he was just doing a bunch of ADR on Paradise Lost, which right. is this new TV show he has coming up, which is a Spectrum original, mm. also a joint production with the Paramount Network. Does he play yeah. Lucifer Morningstar? No, no, no. It is. It's not Paradise Lost. Paradise Lost. It Fuck. Is, yeah. yeah, this is not Milton. This is like it's like a a crime drama. Yeah, I uh, um, whatever. But um, but set in Mississippi. But like, it seems like I, I've I've been reading about it. Uh, Nick Nolte's in it. Uh, there's like some legit oh. people in it. Basically, yeah, Bruce Dern also crime drama. <laughs> figure out who murdered the little girl. <laughs> that that was pretty good. I know you can't. Nick, only Nick Nolte doing that voice. No. Only Nick Nolte can do that exactly. voice and not throw up. God damn it, Josh Arnett. What are we going to do now here, Alabama? <laughs> I will say, uh, Nick Nolte as the uh, voice of that weird puppet alien uh, on The Mandalorian is one of my favorite like things from television last year. Just hearing mm. Nick Nolte just saying Star Wars things. Finally, because he good. was supposed to be God Han. God damn it, Chewbacca. <laughs> yeah. God damn it, Chewbacca. Where's the damn hyperdrive? <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, but like this show, the show it's been it, it shot in, 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 Cup, in, in like Baton Rouge, and uh, it's it's coming out at some point uh, this year. But yeah, I I'm Only intrigued. On Spectrum. This is again this show like um who know I don't even know how I, how I watch a Spectrum original, but there is like enough like <laughs> no one does. Th- there's enough people of note involved yeah. that it, it is not that it seems like a much larger production than right. Josh has done. It, probably his biggest one since Penny Dreadful. He's gearing up, bro. And so so this thing, Cash Truck, Cash Truck, the heartening is beginning. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Valley of the Gods is nestled in there, and I'm I gotta say I'm looking forward to that one. Have you seen? There isn't an official trailer released for it, but you can find like a rough cut trailer. No. Online. And the movie looks wild. Really? It looks I, I still can't tell if it's if it looks good let's or sign bad, off and but watch it looks it. strange. Let's all sign off and watch it. Yeah. Or should we just have our live reactions to us watching it? We should Actually no, we, we shouldn't. We should not. Because yeah. uh you know it's what? Stupid. It would mostly be silent. We would not be talking through yeah. the whole thing. We're not one of these dumb people that's going to be like, oh, 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 what is that? Freaking scene. Especially not for the movie Valley of the Gods. Valley of the Gods. This isn't, we're not reacting to like a big blockbuster like yeah. Collateral Beauty. Hey, listen, 
<laughs> a big blockbuster like collateral deal. Four seven pounds, you know. Hey, like, the, the biggest of the blockbusters. The, the movies that get, would elicit the biggest reaction. Out of I don't all know of if us. this has been clear enough by me, but uh, knock it off with the reactions to anything. Yeah. We all love just watching people watching shit. Shit's what are we? This is crazy. Everyone relax. I gave you pizza. <laughs> I watched your thing. Yeah. You don't can't do that. It's not cool. Well, look, everybody likes watching people react. There's a YouTube there's channel. A, it's just people watching The Office. There's literally Matt. There's a show it called. It makes me so pissed off. I think Why there's a show think called The People's Couch or something where you mm. literally watch families sit on a couch and watch a television show and you just sort of vicariously live through them. That's like they're a show. just laughing at Michael Scott saying his funny lines, <laughs> and I'm like, who watches this specifically? I don't know. You're like, was when I left. At the show, <laughs> I don't was understand. Was that it. right? I need to <laughs> double check my math on how funny that was. Oh, good, my friends, Carlo. <laughs> yeah, my quote-unquote friends, guys. We should end this episode. Oh yeah, so um, mad right now. So mad. That. I think we inherited some of that. Viper. I inherited a little bit of the viper. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, look, lesson number one: never inherit the viper. I did though. I think I did. Oh. <laughs> the poison is in me. Yeah, well, you have to cut your own arm off now. So, and save the so body. Listen, listeners, uh, good news <laughs> or bad news, um, depending on how, uh, like I don't know how you feel about it. This is the last We Heart Heartnet episode for a while. We're back to our dude Keanu. Next week, is Mwah. it is it next week? Is it is there an episode next week? Chain reaction is the next Probably. film we'll be covering. Chain reaction is up next. I'm Can't pretty wait. excited. Uh, look, it's I, timely. I mean, climate change. It's upon us. Yeah, I don't know much about. It's been timely for like yeah forty years. But about this the movie 80s, yeah. since the seventies. <laughs> look. Chain reactions up next. Yeah. Uh, uh, st- stay tuned. Um, obviously, we will keep you updated on any Josh Hartnett related news. Mm-hmm. Of and hey, we big will. media outlets. Next time, why don't you fucking do what you're <laughs> supposed to do, which is, you know, ask for the input of the foremost experts in a field. We're basically scholars at this point. Yeah. Who knows more about Josh Hartnett than we do? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. We watched the pilot of Cracker. Yeah. <laughs> you hear us? The we watched his two episodes of Cracker. Freaking sweater commercials or something. <laughs> we I did watch his sweater commercials. Those were great. I watched the first episode of Tea Takes, and I can't get that three minutes back. And what did you do? <laughs> you ignore me. You call me lady. You call me lady. You suck my Stop. <laughs> Stop blowing out the mics. You suck. The venom out of my arm. Okay, this has been We Heart Heartnet. We hope you enjoyed it. I, uh, you know, maybe, maybe you can see Inherit the Viper if you want. I, uh, if it's playing in your city, the odds are low, but I think it's available to stream or rent places. Will be yeah. soon. Uh, Jake, do you do you have a thing you want to plug? Nah, life. Just live your life. Nice, dude. Mwah. Don't inherit a viper. Oh guys. wait, wait, wait. Do we have hartons? Oh, you know what, guys? I have a, I have a. a a very mild heart on. I uh, would definitely be questioning whether or not I wanted to have sex. <laughs> <laughs> because there's venom in there? Yeah, there'd be a serious venom in there. There'd be a serious debate. <laughs> gotta, gotta and get that the poison means, out. And, yeah. that, and that's a good thing. Yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, chubby. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jake. Okay. <laughs> That's... <laughs>
It is stupid. We're it is so, we're so, we're so, so, so dumb. This is a bad podcast. <laughs> I'm just turning your mics down now. Oh, come on. I lean back. Go. <laughs> Listeners, I'm so sorry. It's like, okay, okay. It's over. It's over now. Good night. Love you. <laughs> we'll be back soon. <laughs>